What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views, analysis, and opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect the views of the host, the radio network, the broadcast platform, or any featured advertisers. The purpose of this show is to inform, entertain, and encourage critical debate on social, political, cultural, and technological issues that already exist in the public domain. Thank you, and enjoy the program. This program is brought to you in part by Extant Labs, American-made lubricant and cleaning technologies designed for shooters and outdoorsmen. Find them at Amazon or visit them on the web at extantlabs.com. That's E-X-T-A-N-T labs.com. To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of the women. You are listening you are to, listening the, boiler to room. the Boiler Room at ACR. ACR. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, friends and foes, lurkers and regulars, welcome back. This is the Social Rejects Club broadcasting live at alternatecurrentradio.com. This is Boiler Room. Welcome back to the ongoing Boiler Room quarantine series, lockdown series, Rona Apocalypse series, Groundhog Day series, or even the the Panda Apocalypse, <laughs> the Panda Emic. As Spore coined last week, <laughs> earlier this week, I don't know when we are. I'm your host, my call sign is Hesher. Thanks for checking out the show. You can get Boiler Room on all the fine podcasting applications, especially Spreaker. If you have that Spreaker app, you know how powerful it is to have that total access to Alternate Current Radio, all things Alternate Current Radio, including Sunday Wire, Jay's Analysis, Primal Edge Health, Global Research News Hour. Did I say Sunday Wire score? I don't know if I did, but if I didn't, Sunday Wire, UK Column, uh, Primecast, Anarchy with Spore, Hessian Session. We got a ton of shows up in here, and you can access all that stuff over at Spreaker. But of course, a lot of people just use the old uh, iTunes, whatever, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can find us on all those things. 
So give us a follow and make sure you get those automatic downloads and whatnots. And of course, find us on the web, ultimatecurrentradio.com. Here we go into another episode of Boiler Room, opening the door to the Social Rejects Club. It is uh, now the May 22nd show. I try to get better at uh, shouting out the dates or because uh, sometimes it takes us a day or two to get these out of the editing room now. So We're getting better. Yeah, we're getting pretty fast at it. But We've had a lot this week. I should probably make sure and state the date just so people, you know, when they just come so out. Just so you of, know. It, help, it helps the listener, too, you know, because people are used to our, us turning a show around overnight. So, yeah. You know, sometimes they're coming out a couple days late now, but hey, that just means you've got more to listen to. So that's pretty cool. All right, let's see here. Let's see here. Let me introduce the one and only, the very beautiful, lovely Spore, my co-host, once again into the boiler room. Spore, how's it going tonight? I think it's going great. I'm I'm super excited tonight. I, I think it's going to be a really fun show. We got a I don't even know how to say, just a, an exciting group of people. And it's a big room tonight, which we haven't had a real a yeah, big room in a it's while. It's fun having so. big rooms, one yeah. of those big room nights. That's cool. Definitely. And um, Badger, if you're out there listening, I cranked Spore and my mics up another notch, or actually a three quarters of a notch, just for your, uh, your uh, metering out there if you happen to be listening. But um, let me know what you think. All right, well, uh, Spore, let's do it. Let's let's get into some boiler room here. Let's introduce our guests. Let's do it. All right, on the show, he was with us last night. He's back again tonight. The Odd Man Out is joining us. Odd Man, what's up? Welcome back. What's up, Social Rejects? Man, yes. I had a great time last night, so I'm really glad to be back with you guys. All right, we're glad to have you back. Yes, thanks for uh, heeding the call once again, two in a row. Great to have Odd Man out. Everybody can check him out on Instagram, underscore the odd man out, and uh, that'll take you to the Oddcast, his bitchin' podcast. All right, and uh, let's see here. We've got two callers in the room tonight, repping that FEMA Region 9. We'll go with Randy J first. Randy J, welcome back to the boiler room. How you doing, man? Thanks. I don't always see the bat signal because I'm still in quarantine mode, but I start tonight. All right. That's right. I love it when you see that old boiler signal shining up in the sky, Randy J. Jumps on the old bat bike and uh, flies on into the boiler room. Very cool. And uh, also, out of FEMA Region 9 occupied territory, we've got Dick Rubin joining us once again. Dick Rubin, welcome back to the boiler room. Hey, bud, let's party. <laughs> yes, let's party. It's, it's going to be Friday a party night. tonight. It's Friday night. It's Friday night. Yeah. It's been a black pill of a motherfucking week. Let's do it. My name is Hesher, and I like to party, so let's do it. All right, and uh, Jay's going to be joining us midstream, so I didn't forget anybody, right? I did myself, I did Spore, you, I did I Oddman, you, yeah, Randy, you did your introductions. and Dick Good Rubin. Job. Look at me go. Onward and forward. Whew, I could have eas- <laughs> This is one of those nights, folks, I could have easily forgotten somebody and felt like a real D-bag, but I didn't. All right, Spore, what are we breaking ice with? tonight well we have a psa and then an icebreaker i love a good boiler room psa all right well we were talking i think i don't know what day was it we were talking about hand sanitizers and how the more you use them the, the more ineffective they become oh right to your immune system. and you might even be making things worse for other people by creating super bugs and 
penicillin-resistant microbes and all that. We have a new warning about sand sanitizer. Sand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Oh, sorry. Leaving it in your car could cause an explosion. <laughs> a literal explosion? Yeah, well, um, there are flammable liquids inside of the containers, and when they're in direct heat, they can explode. Um, this happened in North Texas on a very hot day. Um, it, was, it wasn't a huge fire. It, it looks like it actually, it, it's pretty damaging to the car. Like half of the inside of the uh, driver door is completely melted. So I'm thinking that they put it like in that side pocket on the door and it, it uh, melted. It, wow. it went on fire and melted. Wow. <laughs> so careful, careful where you leave, leave those. Yeah, especially, you know, you're in the South. Ooh. Yeah. Everybody's carrying that stuff around right now. Yeah. I, People carrying it around in their hair, their purses, their handbags, their mm -hmm. backpacks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could be at a concert. Oh, wait. No, you can't. There's, oh. there's a lockdown. I was yeah. going to say you could be at a concert. It's a, like, <laughs> go ahead. It's a, it's a plot to add to the death toll. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's COVID-related death if you get blown up by your hand sanitizer. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Got to be, right? Yep, yep. No test necessary. Absolutely assumed. Yeah, but you couldn't like lay down on your your jacket or your your backpack or your purse or whatever at a concert, you know, out here in Texas. Sometimes it would get you get up, you know, and the thing might get so hot, you could blow your head off. Yeah, I mean, it could blow your head off, right? <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> what, I mean, I think that's the point here. <laughs> if you don't want your head blown off, don't S carry. Stay sand, away from hand sand sanitizers. Stay away from sand sanitizers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it is one I've of those days. The 5G is going to ignite the hand sanitizer. That's the conspiracy. Oh, like oh. I could that, I could see that working. Yeah, that could get some traction, man. You could go viral with that if you went full retard. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> you get a whole new type of listener all of a sudden. <laughs> I like it. Let me riff off of that for a second. So you could have it like where the 5G treats the hand sanitizer like grease and it just starts like cooking people in their own hand sanitizer. Oh, this sounds like a plot to a great horror movie. We we, we got to put our heads together after this one, Randy J. We, we got this. We be yeah. like a street trash, but 5G and sanitizer instead you of You heard it here first. All right. That's right. That's right. This is why we call it the brain trust, you know, just one article. And all of a sudden we've got an entire movie storyboard set up. It's solid, man. <laughs> yeah, we could we could shop this around to James Gunn. You know, he worked at Troma. So this this could be the kind of thing you, that that creepy pedo might pick up. There we go. I mean, <laughs> great. I mean, they did like, what, five Sharknados? Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. we could ha we would yeah, have to start the first one. Better. Yeah, yeah, we would have to start the first one, even though the numbers are out of order. You know, 5G. Yeah. Like, it would start on 5. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then then that's then you could troll people, because then they'd be looking, where, where's the first four? You know what I mean? And where's so, 1G, yeah. dude? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yep. Lucas style, right? Do and that that'd be Star part Wars of the style. trick. Mm -hmm. That'd be part of the trick, because then the, we would just answer, or the reply would be, Look, it's just 5G now. No one knows how we got here. It's 5G and, and that's it. 
Right. Stay tuned for 6G and 7G. Maybe in 20 years we'll make uh, we'll make the the stories for uh, 1G and 2G come out when it's too late. Or better yet, 5G waves kill COVID. Uh, oh. And we will put Jar Jar in it, and he he will definitely have a great death scene, kill scene. <laughs> Jar Jar. Absolutely, man. <laughs> Wow. All right. Well, hand sanitizer. There you go. Say that five times fast. I dare you. Not not you. <laughs> she was like, don't. No, not me. I did that on purpose. Yeah. I was trying to make you laugh. Yeah. You sh- we can copyright our, our movie and everything around that. We'll just call it the, the sand sanitizer. Hand- <laughs> Band banitizer. <laughs> All right, you guys. Uh, what else you got, Spore? I think there was. Uh, did you have a follow up that you wanted to well, throw out there? Yeah, sort of a follow up. I mean, we've been talking about video calls a lot lately because they've been happening a lot lately, and there's been strange things happening on video calls, including an icebreaker in regards to someone that was masturbating in a work meeting or something like that. Uh, they well, weren't. Didn't they dial into a like a it was like, like a city council meeting? It was a troll that dialed into a city council yeah. meeting and. and uh, and did his thing um, <laughs> for the council. And, this is uh, a whole new world for flashers. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was, I think it was yesterday, where they're, they're having um, kids babysat by people on basically Zoom meetings or whatever type of video calls. Well, this one comes out today that um, a man from Long Island has been accused of killing his father during a video chat meeting with 20 people on it. 20 people? Yeah, and it's, it's, the article is like a little dodgy in that it's like they, they're not actually saying that they saw the killing happen, but they saw him like throw him on the floor and then cover him with a sheet, and apparently he was killed after, and they, they saw him like leave the house. They called the police immediately when they thought they knew what was going on, and the police got him like within a couple miles. Um, so is that another PSA? Don't murder people while yeah, you're on a Zoom call? Yeah, if you're in a conference call, don't murder anybody. I guess that's, yeah, a PSA. There. Wow, the bar is really low for a successful conference call since my corporate days. And this was... this Too late a, for me. This guy is a 32-year-old man, and he's killing his 72-year-old father. And this is like, I don't know, it's just such a strange time. And we've talked about, you know, how the effects of being quarantined with people might affect you know domestic violence and things like that and of course people are doing these video calls. Shit. yeah mm-hmm. seriously i mean i don't know there's not much in the article about what was happening or if there was a you know yeah something like, leading up to it or anything like that or who these 20 other people that he was on a call with were or anything like that so basically like the things that would make it a real story are missing yeah. and it's a shocking headline of a really sad story but Really, like we're supposed to, the audience is supposed to look at it because it has something to do with Zoom, and how can you not click on it? The other weird thing about, yeah, exactly. And the other weird thing about it is it's called a second degree murder. So, what that means from from my knowledge is that it's 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 not a planned murder. It's like something that happened, like there was some sort of kerfuffle or something like that, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's really odd. Hmm. Well. It'd be nice if they would just, you know, link to the the freaking police report on some of these things or, you know, some some non-clickbait shit, but they don't do that. You know, the <laughs> internet the internet sucks now. I hate to 
even admit <laughs> that, but like the internet as a whole, it really sucks. It's like everything is prepackaged, everything is filtered, everything is algorithm. It's all just I don't know. Yeah. You really gotta like becoming pull your boots up and walk through a lot of bullshit. Yeah, you're right, dude. It's becoming like puritanical um Catholic school nuns with rulers smacking everybody that goes on the internet. Yeah. Sounds like my childhood. <laughs> right. Yeah, no wonder well, you know, no wonder the internet was so awesome when we first found it, huh, Dick? What what the F is the internet? <laughs> you know, the screen we stare into. <laughs> At this point, that's my God and my Savior. Yeah, really. Unfortunately, what a mess. Right. the The internet's the monolith in two thousand and one, and we're the monkeys. Yeah. Straight up. All right. Cool. We can turn the mics off and go home now. I think we solved everything. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, folks. Done. Final boiler room. Yeah. We're out. <laughs> Mike drops. You, know, uh, <laughs> you know, when you were mentioning uh, this guy killing someone on Zoom, my my brain automatically went, you know, the black pill route. And I was like, wow, how much longer before there's like a, a deep fake murder on, you know, social media that never happened? Oh yeah, they treat it like it did or something, you know. Yeah. Well, you know they they've already remember Spore. You had that one icebreaker about a uh, a computer generated Instagram account that participated in the Me Too movement. Mm-hmm. Said it got sexually assaulted. Yep. Basically, like a fake TNA bot animation yeah. yep. claiming it got Me Tooed. Yeah. Poor. People don't even care if it's deep faked. They'll, they'll follow and like it, even if it's like a stated, you know, manga CG sort of thing. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Goebbels is, you know, rolling over in his in his grave. Yeah. For people that forgot, that's the um, Nazi Germany minister of propaganda. Absolutely, man. <laughs> yeah, we kind of went. Scary, man. Yeah, we went there uh, last night a little bit, huh, man? Yeah, absolutely. Took a deep dive into the propaganda. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, it's really scary if you think about it. With the deep fakes and the Photoshop, the ability to be framed for something—I mean, I hate to even think about it. The possibilities seem to be endless if somebody knows what they're doing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Remember that. Um, that BBC show that we watched, it was a few years old, but it was, um, it was, I think it was maybe called The Network or something like that, not to be confused with the classic film, but um, they had a school a school shooting thing happen to, yes. de- to demonize the young character, but yeah. it was like uh, totally faked. They had all the, you know, hallway footage and everything, and it was all just pure deep fake. Yeah, well, what it was it called the network? I think so. I don't know. I'll need to look it up. That was uh, really interesting. It was yeah, the they only did two seasons of this show, and it was one of the most densely packed 
shows full of conspiracy topics I've ever seen for two seasons. Mm -hmm. I mean, it had like just it was like shotgun scatters of conspiracy red pills like left and right all throughout the film. I mean, or the show. I don't know. It didn't last very long, though. It only went two seasons. I I remember that one. I, I had to get it through uh, all alternative means, if if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it seems to have been book burned. Totally. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think it was called The Network, though. I'm trying to remember what the heck it was actually called. Maybe... Somebody in the chat remember this one? The Net, maybe? Might have been The Net. Someone will get us. Someone. We did watch um, Part of the Flu. Oh, yeah. You recommended The Flu, that Korean film to us. We're about Dick. halfway through it, Dick Rubin. Yeah. How did you like press pause and like walk away from it? At I had that to go point? to sleep and I couldn't read anymore. <laughs> you don't need to sleep. <laughs> Sleeping's for posers, man. I know we were gonna watch it before the show tonight, and she was like, "Well, we we pretty much get the gist." And I was like, "No, I haven't seen the end. I don't know how they're gonna fucking deal with this I didn't stuff." Say we get the gist. I wanted to continue. I, we just didn't have a chance to. Yeah, we just knew we weren't gonna be able to finish it before the show. Yeah, so we're it was like, like right in the crowd of it. Uh huh. You're just, just, you're slackers. We're just sitting around clipping you're our just, toenails. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt, man. Much, much more important things to be do, doing. Uh, but I, I just found it kind of weird because we, we watched the first half the night before last. And then yesterday I saw an article coming out that was like kind of big news um, about how South Korea is like, freaking out about the next avian flu which is the flu that they were using as the the pandemic in that movie right wasn't it the avian flu it, yeah it was like a um a uh, modified avian flu or mutated avian flu it I wasn't think. the feet wasn't the fiji water bottle flu <laughs> it was avion <laughs> avion yeah it was like some bird flu yeah <laughs> Yeah, I dude. Know. I mean, I, you guys turned it off like at the halfway. It gets so gnarly. Oh, we're gonna like, finish it. We we turned it off when. Did you get to the part where they were in the camps? Like they're in the, the yeah. Camps, they were they were right? in the they're in the camps and they were just start try, just trying to figure out like if they were executing everybody that tested positive, and that's pretty much where where we had to shut off. Oh man, <laughs> there's a visual that's down down the pike from from that point that'll blow your mind. I believe it. I, I it's don't want to spoil it. Yeah, it's there's it's, it's gnarly. <laughs> it is pretty intense, man. Um, so yeah, I was uh, hoping we'd have that finished, but I, I guess we'll go ahead and recommend that to any of the listeners out there who are doing the, you know, the pre-programming and uh, esoteric, you know, film research inspired by. You know, the fact that this shit is everywhere. <laughs> you might want to check out this Korean flick. It's a 2014 flick. It's called The Flu. You'll probably have to find that through alternative means also. But um, I don't know. Odd Man, have you seen this one yet? I have not, man. You guys mentioned that, but I definitely want to see it. It sounds like it's right up my alley. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Um, I think Randy J might dig it, too. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll dive back into that one after we all finish it next time Dick Rubin's on, but, uh, Dick Rubin, let me ask you one thing. Does it have a happy ending? Do the people <laughs> rise up and take the government down? 
<laughs> Dude, I'm not going to spoil it for you. Come on. The maniacal laugh already, already answers the question. Not going to do it. <laughs> not How do it? could it? There's All no right. way that's going to, to end well. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah. Well. I mean, maybe the, the, there's going to be, maybe there's a possible two, the two main survivors. There's a possibility of that at that point. This point it does have kind of that Jerry Bruckheimer sort of feel there's to it. There's this like love going on. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Hmm. So this is the the Korean hmm. movie that brings in Bill and Melinda for the final scene. <laughs> yeah, man, and George Soros, and you know, and they they have them, you know, dubbed in Korean at the very end, <laughs> saying, you know, rubbing his hands together, just like we drew it up. Well, okay, here's here's one thing I, I will say about it. Um, we noticed that. They have um, in their medical community, like okay, so so basically, uh, this this disease comes into South Korea, I think it's, yeah, and um, it's it starts spreading, and people start, you know, it's like everybody was afraid it was going to be when they first announced COVID. You know, people are yakking like a up, plague, yakking it's up a plague. blood in the mm-hmm. streets and being dead within thirty six hours, and you know, one one sneeze and everybody on the bus is gonna be dead you know that kind of stuff um but they the local doctors wanted to manage it a certain way but then the politicians brought in an american from the american cdc and all the policy changed and everything locked down like brutal lockdown like right away full-on lockdown like movie style making this what we're going through look like nothing Mm -hmm. pretty much but i thought it was noteworthy that you know they brought in their the experts to overrule what the local people the local medical people knew was the right thing to do they'd bring in a foreign cdc person in this case a usa wow yeah you know, lots of foreshadowing it yeah. makes you wonder it really does uh, or, or are the politics being written by hollywood or you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Is there a tail wagging a dog here or something? Because it doesn't feel right. Something's rotten. It's pretty odd. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, yeah. So, okay. Well, uh, hey, Dick Rubin, what's uh, what's the update from California, man? It's been, uh, geez, two or three weeks since we had you on the show last. Tell us uh, what's new. Wait, you're disclosing my location? I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Drone coordinates and all. <laughs> Eject. Eject. Prank caller. Prank caller. Hang up. I don't know, man. Like, uh, I, maybe some of the people listening right now um, might have heard the previous time that I was on. But, uh, yeah, like, I'm in this weird pocket of California that just, um, you know, a good majority of the folks here just kind of turned to blind eye to this. Um, maybe not a majority, but I mean a bigger chunk than I, I would have suspected. So like gratefully I'm still employed and, um, you know, they asked me to work from home, you know, initially. And, uh, I didn't like working from home. So I only did that for like five days and, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I got my own secluded office and, uh, so like I ended up back in the office with like a few of the other, um, project managers and, uh, yeah, so I would do my commute every day. And, and so I'd, I'd like 
really have a good gauge of, uh, you know, how locked down things really were just based on traffic. And, um, yeah, they were, they were pretty locked down for a bit, but, um, I'd say by like the third or fourth week, it, it, it I just started seeing way, you know, the, the amount of traffic increasing and increasing. And, and I'd say what I saw yesterday on my commute was, uh, you know, it's like Memorial day weekend. Right. And I live in one of those areas where like people go to, I'm on the coast. So, um, it, it almost looked normal what I, what I, you know, traveled with yesterday. So cool. that's kind of my take on things. I mean, I, I don't go to the store. <laughs> like, uh, I'm fortunate that uh, I have a personal chef, um, that I married. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, uh, so she's awesome and she's been the one braving the stores for the most part. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't really have much to say about what's going on in there, except for I can say, okay, this is another person who's in California. So I'm talking to my mom earlier. They're up in Sonoma. And uh, she said something like uh, she went to – she was in line at some store, um, you know, like grocery store or something. And, uh, you know, they're doing the social distancing thing. And she had to move her mask because she had to blow her nose real quick. I mean – you know how allergies can be in, in this state right right now. Oh yeah. You, you guys were out here. You you remember. So a lot of us are like, you know, affected, you know, having these allergy you know f- symptoms going on. So she went to blow her nose and she forgot to like fully put her mask in place. And uh for some reason the person in front of her had turned around uh, and um something like the register went wonky and they were telling people to go to another line. And the person turned around and looked at her and went, your mask isn't on correctly. And oh, my mom God. about lost her shit. And um, it's like, that's what's up, though. You know, like, that's what I'm really concerned about is, uh, yeah. you know, citizen cops out there. They don't have a badge. Like, hey, man, you know, <laughs> don't tell me what to do. Yeah. Like, just straight up. Yeah, so, dude. The micro tyrants are so stoked right now. These people are awful. They're awful. Just power. Yeah, and hungry. it's almost like I wonder, you know, there's always been those righteous people. I mean, regardless prior to this, there's always been those kind of righteous jerks out there that just they're always right and they're always making sure that you know you're wrong, right? <laughs> oh yeah. And uh and uh, this is like, uh, you know, this is like an event for them to just thrive with their, you know, messed up attitudes. And, um, yeah, it's going to get interesting as we slowly open up here. It is, man. Snitches, snitch culture is going to be um, exported writ large into coat, into culture. You know, this whole idea of contact tracing and people that enforce social distancing and mask wearing and all that shit like it's really gonna it's really gonna drive a wedge because there are people that are just gonna want to fully engage in it and everyone else is gonna just be like you guys are driving me fucking crazy you know yep it's gonna be a a madhouse of division in this regard it totally yeah like i i was just so you know my response to my mom was like, Ooh, 
just wait till this reopening like increases a little more and yeah. uh people are bored too you know like you got all these people out of work now and they're used to having a job where like there's a lot of people everybody you know you know, at work, there's always those people that like are uppity and they're looking down their nose at everybody, even though they don't really have any rightful reason to be doing so. Mm, yeah, I think we all <laughs> uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys. Well, a lot of those guys are out of jobs now. And so now they can travel around in public and uh, continue their stick with, uh, you know, whoever might be in their path. Right. Right. Well, I got a message for those people. You can be that way if you want to be that way, but I think you're going to find yourselves in um, a state of constant uh, defense and anger and fear. You're going to be whipping up a lot of drama, experiencing a lot of drama. You're going to, your risk, your day-to-day level of risk and just doing things is going to be higher, and you're going to burn yourself out. And if you do that in the wrong place, you know, like, you know, walk into a, a a motorcycle club and try that shit out. You know, walk into a a, pris- a prison yard and try that <laughs> the shit Satan's out. Satan's helpers. <laughs> yeah. Did you know this is a private club of the Satan's helpers? <laughs> <laughs> you guys aren't practicing social distancing in here. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, ain't happening. Mm-mm. No, I'm sorry. That is just not going to work out very well. Hey, it looks like Jay Dyer's joined us. Jay, welcome to the Boiler Room. How you doing, man? What's up, dude? Hey, hey. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're glad you're here, man. How's it going? You've experienced any uh, micro-tyrants, micro-aggressions against you for not social distancing or wearing your mask or uh, coughing in the right direction? Yeah, yes, actually. So, yeah, I decided to come down to uh, to the beach. Uh so I'm down here in Florida again, and uh, just for a couple of weeks. And I had to stop in quite a few places, obviously, on the drive. It's about a 10-hour drive. So there were multiple Whole Foods. Uh, so I got my first taste of Whole Foods since COVID. I've not experienced Whole Foods yet, but it is. Uh, they're the most zealous so far. Uh, and then I went into a place in the mall because my flip-flop busted so i went to go get a flip-flop and the mall told me that uh, i needed to wear a mask and a hand sanitizer to shop there and i said i will not be shopping here then goodbye oh um, man and anyway i went somewhere else and found a normal fl- uh, flip-flop place where they don't require me to wear bandit gear to get a flip-flop so did you did you step um, on a pop top too though no, there was no, no nothing Buffett about this at all. But <laughs> I have uh, I've, I've noticed that you know when you go out of Tennessee or when you get into areas that are kind of the domain of the shit lib, you notice that they're a lot more zealous about it for sure. So all these Whole Foods are are very zealous about it. <laughs> I, I have a theory that um, all of the all of the social justice warrioring that has been bottled up in all the all the Karens and all the Chads out there over the years here, <laughs> they they finally and then they get locked inside like they've been bottling up all this hatred and all they have is that that dang comment button and uh, the comment button, you know, or uh, the meme. That's all they've had, and now they've got locked in their houses because of all us horrible people who like you know ate meat and breathed air or 
drove cars or whatever, and uh, now they're out and they're fucking pissed. They're pissed. Did anybody watch <laughs> Parker Lewis can't lose back in the nineties? Yeah. See. Yes. So uh, I've I've been kind of rewatching it. It's a little juvenile, but it's, it has some uh, interesting creative elements to it. But remember Frank, the special obedience helper to Miss Musso. Vaguely, yes. Okay, well, he's like her snitch enforcer. So basically, the whole society, as Jamie was saying the other day, it's like everybody's a Frank now. <laughs> oh, man. Yep. I'm afraid so. Like hall monitors everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Like hall monitors. That's exactly what this is like. This is like all the grown ups where all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all the grown ups realize what it's like to what it really means to live in a nanny state. It's like it was kind of easy to avoid you know, the, the legal system and the political system and all these control systems as true nanny states, you know, when you're a grown up in the United States, but all of a sudden yeah. it's not all of a sudden we have hall monitors and, and all the people now, now half the people around you want to participate in the nanny state. And then you really feel the full weight of it. Yeah. It's the people who don't have any skills or talents or power that, you know, crave that, and then when they get a taste of it, they kind of go wild with it, and they think they're lords over everyone else. Yep. Well, they also have another uh, shock in for them. I mean, um, like Odd Man, can you could you just see some of these types of people that we're describing right now that want to participate in this? Say uh, they get out and they they sip three or four beers through their mask, you know. Uh, or whatever, however they get their drink on, and then they go to one of these new bathrooms, right? Um, like the theater was proposing that we talked about the other night on the show, and there's a bathroom monitor in there, and all of a sudden that person that was just 10 minutes ago telling you or someone else you know, how to wear their mask or how many feet they got to stand away from someone or whatever, all of a sudden that same person gets to go in a room and be told where they get to pee and, you know, be told they didn't wash their hands good enough. I mean, doesn't this, can't these people extrapolate this out a step further than their own psychosis? Oh man. It's like, as we were saying last night, it's a slippery slope, everything that's going on and the collectivist types, this is probably just, you know, in a way this is a dream come true for them because not only can they get closer to their collective but they can tell people what to do and they can monitor people. And it's just, you know, it's probably a dream come true for them. Yeah. I'm afraid. So Randy, what do you think, man? I mean, shouldn't these type of people, shouldn't the micro tyrants be concerned also about, you know, being the micro micro tyrant under the micro tyrant? Um, well, it, it takes me to, a meme I saw <clears throat> on our Discord that basically said, where's all the Antifa, which stands for anti-fascist, where's all the Antifa fighting all these anti-fascist, or fa fighting all the, where's the Antifa fighting all the fascist measures that have been taken? And I just think of the irony of, um, you know, of what Jay said about the mindset of someone who just gets their rocks off on snitching and reporting people, and that's once they get a taste of that, they they 
they don't want to stop. And I, I literally started thinking of um, George Lizard Soros because if anyone's seen his 60-minute video, he spent a decent amount of time on there defending being a an informant for the Nazis on what different Jews were doing and, and this sort of thing. So I just find – I find the irony um, – and all of this, like, nauseating is as, as, as it is, hum- it's as nauseating as it is humorous. And I really just see people like George Soros just sort of like grinning, like, wow, you know, we've, we've reached a point where the person who calls themselves the anti-fascist is doing the work for the fascist state and the more fascist we've become, they stand down and let us do our fascist things. It's, it's like the mind job of mind jobs. Dude. Oh my God. It's just, Word. It's, yeah, it's got my head doing three sixties, Dick Rubin thinking about that. Like these people really expected, like, did they just not understand what fascism really is, or was it all a show from the beginning? Because now, now's their chance to point out some real fascism that's not even partisan. Right, it, and, it's, and it's that's where it's, hella suspect. Yeah. Right, and that's where CNN and MSNBC and the rest came in and capitalized on cult of personality and basically said, orange man is Hitler. Like that was their meme. And a bunch of people go, yeah. And he was bad, right? Okay. Now I know that gets a lot of people cause they're like, well, Trump's not all great and everything else. I'm, I'm with him. I'm just pointing. I'm not getting into Trump. Good Trump bad. I'm saying how he himself has been used as a, like lightning rod to further polarize and, and, and divide and everything else like that. Whether he himself is doing it or not, that's one category. And another level is how he's pushed, peddled, and, and portrayed and automatically gets people on two teams. Again, not present company. We'd like sort of see beyond, beyond that theater, but to, most of everybody else you you can't you can't have a trump discussion without it immediately um being a polarizing subject and that goes to say with anything right even COVID, right liberals tend to wear masks conservatives tend to not wear masks i mean i've seen that in in the mainstream media lately it's just freaking redonkulous yeah, man, They're, they have the biggest wedge issue ever right now, maybe in global history. And they, they're really doing their best to break it down into a, a partisan thing. I mean, geez, Jay, can you imagine a, a, a future looking back? Like if they're able to ram through all this crazy fascism and all this, you know, Extinction Rebellion stuff and, and just change the entire paradigm, like, and then rewrite history, how easy it'll be to, to point you know, just scapegoat Trump and scapegoat all things constitutional and, you know, all that shit. They can just wrap it all up and just burn it mm-hmm. all down and be like, this is when fascism came and, you know, now we just have this new thing. 
That reminds me of the how it's portrayed in Hunger Games because they don't tell you the full backstory. It just starts with, you know, there were these wars years ago against the revolutionaries and we survived the war and now we created Pan M, you know, Pan America or whatever. And now we, you know, learn from the past and all this, it's this pretty good the way, actually, the way they did the propaganda piece at the beginning of, <laughs> of the first film. But it's telling you the story in this totally revised made up way right. so yes uh, uh, a good example of that in hunger games so i keep coming back to hunger games because we're kind of forgotten about hunger it's passed out of the pop mind and yet it's so relevant to a lot of what we're being told about now about how everything's going to have to be kind of uh, scale back austerity tracked and traced um you know if you remember in in hunger games her Katniss's district, they can't hunt or do anything like that. It's forbidden. Like they can't, you know, get their own food. Uh, they have to get their food from the capital, whatever the central government is or whatever. So, right. Yeah. 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 That is a really good example. And, and what a, like, what a scary yet simple way to just erase all of history, you know, take it all online like they've done for us. And then just, yeah, that's what, uh, in 1984, it. Orwell talks about that. He worked in the department where they erased and revised history. Yeah. That was one of his jobs was to do that. Oh man. Well, so it sounds like he would have fit right in at YouTube. Could have been an exec. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is the point of the internet, right? Is to, and then, you know, in a few generations, people will be like, what's a book? You know, they won't even know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. And they can just, you know, the books can all be gone. And all they have to do is just take the internet away from the low class for a while, you know, if they really want to go crazy. Do you remember in Star Trek? That's one of the peculiarities of Jean Luc Picard is that he collects books. Because nobody has books. Right, right. And he's that's his eccentricity is that he collects books. Yeah, that makes him the weird old guy. Exactly. Yeah, yep. So, yeah, it would be really easy to do a, uh, a, a mass erase, you know, after a you know, uh, shit hit the fan situation. <clears throat> Dick Rubin, if that happens, <laughs> we're in deep shit, man. They can delete... Entire epochs of history. What if they delete the boiler room archives, dude? No one will know anyone gave a fuck. I, I, we're going to be drinking a lot of Brondo, bro. <laughs> Lots of Brondo. <laughs> I just, I keep coming back to the Idiocracy movie. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. How, you know, lot, good parts of that movie resonate with what, what's up right now yeah i agree know? with that that's what we were talking about today was idiocracy because every time i see everybody's wearing these stupid masks i, I immediately know who the normies are yeah so it's like it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy idiot identifier right away. we got this guy not sure he's gonna fix everything in one yeah. week so <laughs> anytime i see the mask, i know the people to avoid it's like avoid that retard that's, that's, a, that's a toxic normie Straight. i'm not actually gonna get covid i'm gonna get like you know, normie yep. retardation toxicity rubbing <laughs> off on me. <laughs> By osmosis, yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, if you get within six feet, I mean, you're you may catch some stupid for sure. Yeah, dude, we're there. We're, we've reached full idiocracy. I'm afraid. I mean, gosh, we were. I've been joking about Ow My Balls a bunch because Spore found this show on Netflix where they're just pissing in beer. Like, that's the story about the show. I'm like, well, it may as well be Ow My Balls. <laughs> or the movie Butt. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, ass. That was the movie. Jamie was um, talking about the – she saw some video of a doctor, like an ER doctor, talking about how stupid it is to wear these masks. Like, that – the ER doctor wears the mask so he doesn't blow stuff into, you know, the open body before him when he's, you know, doing surgery or whatever. But that if you're just sitting there breathing that all day at work, like that's not, it's not the point of that mask. Like it's the point of that mask is not to constrict your breath and cause a, you know, create a little, uh, um, Petri dish in your, uh, in front of your face right that's what i see it as just this this skanky petri dish in front of your face i mean no way no way i've seen i've seen how people wear these i've seen how people try to use these in their day-to-day life they're constantly pulling at it constantly tugging on it uh taking it off putting it back on wadding it up in their grubby hands grab you know sticking it in their pocket whatnot like these things are hankies folks they're nothing more than Grandpa, grand, remember grand, Grandpa used to carry on a hanky, or like, you know, your your favorite hair rocker used to have a bandana hanging out of their back pocket. It's just a snot rag, folks. No, we suddenly we're in the midst of the Wild West and the ER <laughs> like combined together to be like, yeah. So it's like it's like uh, high noon at Gray's Anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> Low noon, low IQ in, noon. Yeah. <laughs> What's up in France? So y'all probably already covered this one, but um, you know, they're like, yeah, y'all gotta wear masks, and then people wear hijabs, right? And they're like, but you can't. No, no hijab for you. Right, right. That's y'all probably already covered that one though in a recent. I've movie, I've but. seen that. Yeah, I, I saw that. I don't know if we actually talked about it on the show. I, that was just one of those things where I just like slapped my face with my palm and said, I don't, I don't even know what to say about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's why I'm bringing it up. It's like this boiler room. Like that's some total idiocracy shit right there. Right. <laughs> right. Know? It's like these people have already been walking around wearing a mask all the time. And now you're going, no, but not that mask. Yeah. You got to wear this one. Yeah. I know. I think, I think my response to that, I've probably mentioned this a couple of times on the show is something like, well, if you're, if you're a concealed carry person in, you know, the majority of the United States where you can do that, um, in most states, some states at least, there's a law that says you can't wear a mask while you're doing so. So which law do they want you to follow or which is it? Which one do they want you to break? I don't know. But if one's a regulation and one's a longstanding law, I'll tell you which one I'm going to follow. I think it's pretty, pretty easy pick. I don't know. Uh, well, let's see. Right. It, yeah, go ahead. Right. It's. I was just gonna say it's real interesting to and, and sad to watch all these sort of like mindsets collide. We've we've always said that, particularly the the left, um, has been eating their own for a while. But I mean, you're watching like ideo- ideologies collide now. They're 
different pet ideologies and all or nothing sort of stances on things like, well, no borders, everybody could move, open borders, there's no nations, we're all one world holding hands. Wait a minute, if that disease carrier crosses the border, that's BS, I don't, I don't, want, them, I don't want them near me. Um, fence off, you know, everything that's nice and, and pristine and untouched by something, you know, that might harm them or whatever. And so they're all in like, it's, it's like intentionally made tension, um, of that, it just happens. And I say this like, like it's a, a mantra of mine or something like that. If as long as we're kept throwing haymakers at each other, well, that's exactly where we're, we're wanted to be. Yeah. Is, Divided people. Is at each other. Yeah. Yeah, man. It really feels that way. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of all the contradictory data, I think, you know, is... Because that's exactly what it accomplishes. It just completely divides us to the point where we're we're self-policing. We're, we're the chaos is like self-contained. It's probably working out better than they even imagined. Because so many people just stayed home. They were like, "Well, yeah, I hate everybody, and I want to have a civil war, but I'm afraid to, I'm going to get the flu, so I'm just going to stay home and watch Xbox." You know what's interesting about this particular. COVID business is the amount of MD, you know, institutionally trained doctors um, in the classical sense, the medical sense, that are sort of like saying, wait a minute, this is, this just, none of this is, is making any sense. Um, there, there's other stuff going on here. There's other things at play. This doesn't sort of like jive with what we as doctors do and everything else like that. That's usually a group that's quiet, uh, that you just don't hear about. Um, but there's a lot of dissension in the, in the doctor ranks. And if you're, if you're that educated, um, in the, you know, the field of medicine, whatever someone wants to say about the flaws of being educated or indoctrinated to be a doctor, notwithstanding, it's usually a smarter crowd. And a lot of them are like not completely, you know, walking and following the, the yellow line in front of them um, on this topic. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully this is showing and exposing um, at least to more people that if this is a pandemic um, or a beta test for something else down the line, et cetera, et cetera, that there's just more people wise to it, calling it out, such as us, everybody on the call, um, et cetera, that it's an everyday people just talking amongst themselves. You know, I'm not too sure it's what they're making it out to me. I'll, I'll never forget um, – um, my my dad saying like literally probably week one or two of this thing 
in his very dry sort of way. You know, I think this is just a bunch of bullshit. That's what he said, like right out of the gate. Well, we're talking about bunch a guy. Bullshit. You know. Yeah. And you, you, um, Dick, on the first, we were one of the earlier Boiler Room Quarantine shows, and I remember right out of the gates, you were just like, meh, meh. I mean, that was your, <laughs> that was, was your stance. Like, yeah. Great, right on. Four stars. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, total Neanderthal. That's my Cro Mag win. Fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that might not be a direct quote, and those might not be words, but I mean, your overall sentence was like, eh, not me, lads. <laughs> well, yep. you know, check this out. Uh, those, here's, this is out of the, uh, what is this? This is out of Washington Examiner. California doctors say they've seen more deaths from suicide than coronavirus since lockdowns. You don't hear that kind of stuff very often lately, do you? It's just, oh, more, more corona death, more corona death, but no. Never Directly come. tied to unemployment, man. Yeah. I mean, every time unemployment skyrockets, I mean, yeah, it's, but I, you know, I honestly have, I've checked out of the news, dude. Like I've checked out of checking in on just about everything. Good. Um, I, I'm just, but I, maybe I even said it last time I was on, I was just like, I only care about what the hell's going on so, uh, outside my front door. Like what I'm interacting with. I, I don't, you know, it, it's so out of control, man. Like I can't even like waste any time being concerned about stuff that's not in my immediate orbit, which right. sounds selfish, but I think that's kind of where we all should be at right now. You know, think globally, act locally, like, yo, whatever's going on, like, you know, on the County next to you, forget about it. Just take care of your own right now. Hope that they're taking care of theirs. We all start doing that. Just focus on like right out in your neighborhood and you know, we can get a, we get a better handle on this. Maybe. I think that's a good place to start, but I, I think we do have to be aware of what's going on outside of our county because it's going to affect our county as well. I mean, you know, you, you, uh, Dick, you, you live between some big cities, and when people start, you know, leaving those cities, they're going to be coming through your territory and they going to other cities, in. and they might land there, you know? And, I mean, that, that everything I'm affects you. everything. <laughs> if it comes to that, I hear you. Yes, that sounds very logical, but... I know who lives here, and if it comes to some something to that degree, that highway will get blown up and nobody will get in. I think there's a lot of towns like that, and um, you know, I've I've actually looked I've looked into this. I've looked into people, um, you know, spending a lot of time thinking about what an SHTF would look like in the United States, especially if it was based around a partisan political divide and uh in most all cases it, it short short of any like insane you know techno global government like you know exotic technology being involved whatnot like if it's just down to you know the people versus i don't know the national guard or even the entire military or all the cops or something like that or the right versus the left there's like a whole ways a lot of ways you could break it down to based on depending on the scenario but it almost always ends the same way and it relies on the large concentration of veterans that we have in this country and the large concentration of armed citizens you know <laughs> 
I haven't seen a lot of outcomes where, where the people lose, but of course, you know, it's armchair, armchair guessing and modeling and stuff based on best information. But I don't know. I'm a little more worried about that stuff now that I see how many people are willing to just beg the government to lock them down and destroy their businesses and destroy their economy and all that stuff. Lost a little bit of faith in humanity there. I don't know, but I hear people are going to party for the 4th of July and Memorial Day weekend. It looked kind of good here. It looked like people were, were ready to party. I don't know. Odd man out, how's it looking on your end for 4th of July? What do you think? Are people going to be out partying, or uh, what's it going to look like I out would, there? Well, I went to a, a large uh, like to, Total Wine and Spirits or something like that. It's like a department store for alcohol this morning to get my wife some wine for our anniversary. And that place was packed really and it was like it was right down the line half mask wearers half no not mask wearers of course and uh it was really interesting and one thing i noticed with the mask wearers was like you can just see you know their eyes of course but you see the fear you can actually see the fear in their eyes and how they kind of dart back and forth as you walk near them but uh, if any, if that uh, liquor store was any indication, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, beer drinking and hail raising uh, come July 4th. And uh, I kind of wonder if it might, uh, I don't know, if it might be something that kind of catches on and people start to maybe, or maybe even more people start to kind of come out of this whole lockdown mode. You know, just the spirit of freedom, if you will. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but, uh, you know, uh, people do enjoy their freedom. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how it works. Extant Labs Chemistry R&D Company specializes in lubricants and cleaners for outdoor sports equipment. For shooters, their proprietary lubricating technologies provide long-lasting reliability and easier cleaning for your firearms. Check out their Echo and Alpha lines of firearm lubricants. Extant Labs, for the best performance from your outdoor sports equipment. To find out more, visit extantlabs.com. You're listening to Boiler Room on AlternateCurrentRadio.com. Visit MalletAndMandrel.com and order some metal jewelry. Mallet and Mandrel make custom rings and bracelets. Rings made from mint coins, state coins, Morgan Silver rounds, national park quarters, even real silver bullion. Send in your own coin or medals for custom designs. Support Boiler Room and Alternate Current Radio by making a purchase from one of our family artisan businesses and listeners. Mallet and Mandrel, handmade in the USA by members of the Social Rejects Club. Coming up next, more thought crimes from the Social Rejects Club on the Boiler Room here on Alternate Current Radio. Drop it! That are alive, you are coming with me. Yeah, yeah, it really will. Jay, what are you thinking? Um, how, how's the uh, Memorial Day weekend looking down there in Florida? I don't know, actually. I'm here for um, other reasons, not, not so much party reasons. I will be, you know, engaging in all the normal activities that I would normally engage in, which I'm not a huge uh, 4th of July fanatic, but... Um, 
I mean, really, COVID has not altered my life a whole a whole lot. I mean, uh, there were things I would have liked to have done the past three months, mm-hmm. uh, like going to a restaurant. But, um, you know, given the nature of what I do, um, I'm already kind of doing, you know, that that meme that everybody's sharing about how if you're a gamer, yeah. you know, then COVID didn't really affect your life at all. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of applies to me. Like, it hasn't really changed my day-to-day routine very much, but... Um, I'm really, I was genuinely happy. I think I, tw- I was sharing my, you know, photos and the or comments in the, in the Skype chat group when we finally opened the restaurants back up and I was able to, you know, eat at a restaurant for the first time in three months. I was like, wow. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember how much I missed this. <laughs> yeah, dude. I know Spore and I went to one, um, yesterday or day before, uh, we were talking about it last night, I think. And it was great, man. No one was wearing a mask, and the place was full. It was as full as it could be. Parking lot was full. They had people playing music out. Was front. that y'all's first time in a restaurant? Uh, we've gone to we've gone to three in about the last seven days or so. I guess in the last week, we tried a, a yeah. Vietnamese <laughs> place. We tried uh, the place that we went with you a bunch of times, and um, and then this other Italian place we went to the other day. And that was the best one yet. The other ones felt weird. Like the first two restaurants we went to felt weird, um, empty, you know, like people were cool, good to be around people that we were familiar with, but still felt like very, you know, post covid But then when we went out yesterday or day before, whenever that was, um, it was crazy. It was like, it was a party. It was a jovial party atmosphere everybody was you know you could tell everybody was stoked to be out and nobody had any fears about covid or anything like that yeah downtown st augustine around this time is usually bustling there's countless tourists enjoying the you know pirate team to downtown but that was pretty dead i have to say i mean there were some people um and then we went to the beach today and uh it was it was fairly busy, so nobody has any fears of the beach, but they seem to have reticence about going downtown. Yeah, yeah, I've been I've been kind of looking at um, Nevada. Maybe Randy could chime in here. Randy's kind of familiar with the area. Um, I was looking at their casino scene in Nevada. I've been watching some YouTube videos about that, and they spoke to uh, one of the guys from. I forget which tribe he was, but it was one of the, the tribally owned <clears throat> uh, casinos, one of the really big ones. And it's crazy, man. They're losing like a million dollars a week or something like that. And now they're just, you know, falling in line and retrofitting these giant places with plexiglass and having all their new rules out. Like there's going to be uh, a plexiglass shield around the blackjack table and the dealer, like this big circular plexiglass, and they can only have three people at the table. Just all these rules being, you know, applied, and I'm starting to wonder: Is anyone going to want to go anymore? Right. It's like sex. Talk about gambling. It's like sex rolling the dice. You know, am I going to get an STD from this? <laughs> uh, it takes the takes the fun out of it, right? In, in a casino. You know, you're at a card table, you're, you know, looking across at the person. Uh, that dude's bluffing. He's bluffing. I know he's bluffing. I'm going to raise him 50 bucks and see and, and and act like I'm not look watching his reaction. And then, oh, look at his juggler's going crap. Wait a minute. Is he nervous because he's got a good hand or is he nervous? Cause... 
all that's just sort of like kicked in the junk. Um, it's like, you know, it's like a, look, we are here to have fun. Please stand in line in section three and you will be called so that you will have enjoyment at the, in the poker room in 20 minutes. Thanks. I mean, it's just like the life out of all of this stuff is, is, is gone with, with some of this sort of mindset, right? THX 1138, right? Consumption will be standardized, right? <laughs> yeah. You remember that? I mean, I've heard you guys yeah. talk about THX 1138 before, but right. I, that's like one of the ones that always stood out to me on it. One is like, consumption will be standardized. Okay. Yeah. But uh, you, check this out. Here, here's one about the restaurants, and I don't know if this is like everywhere out there. But um, we know folks in town here that work at the local restaurants. And like I said, we're a tourist destination. So it's pretty much like a, you know, tent pole of our economy here. Um, I just say it like idiocracy, economy. <laughs> um, Stay tuned anyway, for ass. Man. Yeah. Um, so one of the uh, managers of, of one of the more well-visited uh, restaurants in town here said that his restaurant likely won't be able to reopen even though you know uh, under under the conditions that here at least in this county maybe it's the whole state of california but um he was saying things like um you know his dishwasher has to wear a hazmat suit have you guys heard anything <laughs> that bizarre but he was serious man he said yeah my dishwasher has to wear a hazmat suit because of the food remnants having saliva in it and he's sitting back there and anybody who's seen a dishwashing you know if, if you've ever had the uh, honor of being a dishwasher in a restaurant, <clears throat> yeah. um, you you blast the dishes, right, in this deep sink. And, I mean, stuff's just spraying everywhere, man. And, uh, yeah, he's like, so dishwasher has to be in a hazmat suit. Our chefs have to wear masks the full time. His kitchen at that restaurant is, like, in the center of the restaurant. It's like an open kitchen, so you can sit, like, at a bar around it and watch the kind of Benihana style, but... You know, it's actually, that's where everything's cooked up. And it's super hot. Like, I mean, any given day, it's nuclear hot. And the guy, the, the guys cooking up the food are already in shorts and, and T-shirts. And, you know, uh, if they had to wear masks, he'd like, they couldn't do it. And then he said something else. He'd have to double up on bussers because uh, servers wouldn't be allowed to touch the plates at all. Um, it yeah. just sounded really complex so way beyond like what we're hearing and you know what i've heard in the news while i walk by the tv when my wife's watching it is just like yeah they'll have to uh you know get rid of half their tables and people will have to be x distance away but learning directly from a manager of a restaurant of really the degrees that they're being told need to be put in place for them to operate their business is absolutely bonkers it's not doable i i don't this is like extortion it's it's you know it's like a mafia tactic you know it's like how many we just put so many so much red tape in that they can't even run a business anymore and i, I just kind of like want to say this again because i've worked in restaurants too and um we talked about this last night or the night before i don't know but um Restaurants are already taking a ton of precautions to make sure that people aren't getting sick from food. And there is nothing special about this COVID that makes it jump from a dish to a dish or from a waiter to 
to somebody sitting there. You know, it's like the CDC just came out yesterday and basically said, you know, this whole surface thing is kind of that that's not actually how you get it. You get it if somebody coughs in your face or in your mouth or sneezes in your face or you eat their boogers. You know, it's like restaurants, I would hope, have been taking the precautions all along. You know, you shouldn't be, you know, putting your, um, you know, your raw meat in with your vegetables, you know, like there's, there are certain things like that and you shouldn't have somebody sick working in your kitchen and coughing on food that people are going to be eating. That should have always been going on, you know? So like these extra precautions, like, like the other night we went, when we went to that steakhouse is like, we, we had to ask for salt and they give us this little plastic container that we put our fingers in and grab the salt out of it and then sprinkle it on our food. I'm like, oh, that's that's better than just having a salt shaker on the table. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It's so stupid. It's so arbitrary. Wow. It's just, a, I don't know. I don't know. It's, they're not going to be able to maintain. I don't blame them. Why would you? Yeah, it's like a real bummer too. Exactly. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, go ahead, uh, Dick Rubin, then over to Odd Man. Yeah, I just want to say, like, it's a real bummer because this particular restaurant is, like, one of my favorite restaurants and dudes just straight up, like, he's probably never going to reopen it. Nah, I don't know. Yeah, don't and, know. and the other thing... Yeah, go ahead, Odd Man. The other thing it makes me think of um, is why would any of these employees come to work under those conditions knowing they could make just as much money or more on unemployment? That's something that we've seen a lot of. Go ahead, Odd Man. Well, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, you know, we were talking about uh, the green agenda in that book, Behind the Green Mask, and it just seems like more and more of this stuff kind of reminds me of what they're trying to accomplish. So the more, you know, stores and restaurants that close, the less people will be driving in their cars, the less meat will be consumed. You know, it just goes on and on, and uh, it really seems like that could all be a part of that whole. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, they've been already touting off about how um, the air is, it was like, I, I, I don't have the article in front of me, so I don't know the percentage, but it was like the air is so much cleaner. The animals are healthy. You, can, you know, right in the streets now that, you know, so few less cars are out there. And it's like, it's like exactly the green agenda where it's, you know, the humans are the plague planet. And uh, the less we do things and breathe, then the healthier the planet is. And so, you know, obviously we should just rid of ourselves, I guess. I don't know. Or I guess, I guess the planet's um, trying to get rid of us by using COVID. That's another theory that I've seen. We are the virus and the planet needs to kill us. So. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got that one from a friend a few days ago. We hadn't talked about the whole situation it's- Someone I only text with every so often, and I did like a like a temperature check on him. I said, actually, he started. He said something about um, how his town was starting to open back up, and I replied with, "Oh, good for them. I'm happy for those business owners." And and he replied, "Stupid effers." And I was like, "Oh, there's my answer on that one." And and then uh, I was like, you know, I was like, "Well, I'm gonna have to." disagree with you on that but you know whatever and then he said something like uh, well one thing i know for sure mother earth is badass and she'll just knock us all off whenever she wants and i'm like oh okay that's that's a great attitude you know don't you don't really give a crap about 
you know, your young son or <laughs> having some sort of future as an older person on this planet. You're just happy. To, you're, like, I guess we're that misanthropic. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've indulged in some misanthropy in my days. Dick Rubin could tell you, but I can't. I just feel a little, I don't know, a little too old and grown up to go there at this point, you know? I just want to tell folks like that, like, hey, find the nearest overpass and jump, bro. Just <laughs> yeah. do it. Get, get out of our way. <laughs> yeah. I'm afraid that's what it's come down to. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, you're right, Spore. That, that is a attitude that we will run across a lot of people. And that's like, Jay, that's like straight out of the, that's a Matrix talking point, isn't it? Isn't the Matrix one of those? Uh, it's the first movie I can think of where sure it happened before it but it's one of the ones i think of when i'm like oh humans are a virus and sneakers right okay that's a matrix thing it is i'm trying to think i'm sure there were earlier sci-fi instantiations i mean zardoz kind of has that idea um logan's run kind of has that idea where the humans have to be you know cold and and uh Numbers reduced. That's that's pretty explicit in Zardoz, actually, because the the elite in Zardoz kind of have the humans like pets. Right, right. So, I heard Joe Rogan talking about it years ago. I'm thinking like back in like 2011 or something like that. But he was like, "Human beings, you you they're ruining the planet. They are the virus of the planet. You know, we're just we're ruining everything and we're killing the planet." And you know, I, I mean, I, I heard him talking about. It. I've heard it all sorts. In all sorts of different places. Yeah, it's been around for some time. That was a big popular talking point back in the, <clears throat> you know, the psychedelic days to, you know, that was... Jane's addiction. Yeah. We'll make, we'll make great pets. We'll make great Perry pets. Perry Farrell. <laughs> yeah. Very prophetic. Yeah, we'll make great pets. Right on. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Hey, speaking of bands, so... This is going to take things completely sideways, and it's probably better something reserved for Hessian Session. But one thing amongst my peers, you know, the other musicians and whatever in the underground, um, my, my best buddy, um, you know, Frankie Ripples, he, he brought up something. He kept seeing this stuff pop up on his phone of bands that are making masks with their logos on it. And he yeah. was like, yep, burning all their records, take them to the yard right now. And I'm... <laughs> <laughs> dousing them all he's like i don't even want to sell them i don't want anybody to own this poser's friggin' music man these guys are like making money off putting their stupid logo on a mask so like i'm going through that process right now where i'm boxing up any i'm uh, any ones that i could find that are trying to hawk those and it sucks because it's like bands like agnostic front like that's total irony yeah sick of it all you know like what are you doing man yep. <laughs> like it just but uh, yeah, maybe that's better for a Hessian session. I, don't know. <laughs> I hear you, man. I know. I um, yeah, we'll we'll couch the longer version of this, but I will just say, like, I have been just uh, kind of. It's been like watching a slow motion car crash. Watching just even sort of tangentially on my social media feeds, like the metalheads going at each other because they were already doing it. We've talked about this before. The way the blogs and social justice and PC culture had totally infiltrated and wrecked the whole culture. It was like dropping a big stink bomb in there. Well, now there is an insane divide. I mean, it's, it's so like visceral. It's almost like at the levels of, 
you know, uh, as visceral as like the alt-right and Antifa days, you know, at its yeah, height metal, in 2016. Metal, we ain't going to be the United Brotherhood that, that we were prior to this thing. It's, it's pretty evident right now. It's And, you know, when I'm saying this, maybe I should be a little more thorough in, in, in explaining what I'm talking about. But, you know, when, when these bands are political and they're anti-fascist, you know, and that's like their whole stance is, you know, they're coming at you with, with all this, you know, it'd be like Rage Against the Machine putting a mask out. They probably have one out. I don't know. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like fall in line. Uh, you shouldn't have been Rage Against the Machine. Your damn band name should have been Fall in Line, dude. Yep. Yep. I know, man. It's insane. I, I can't believe the way it's working out. I mean, um, I'll pick on one of my... One of my favorite bands. I love Cattle Decapitation, even though they're misguided uh, misanthropes in so many ways. Like I love that band, but dude, they did a song called "Bring Back the Plague" and put that shit out like a few months before before COVID hit. And then when COVID hit, and and it's basically for for the folks, many 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 folks out there that <laughs> have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, this band is is uh, from San Diego. They are um, they are somewhat normie. Uh, I don't I don't want to pigeonhole them as left wing, but you know I think vegan that's, activists. Yeah, kind dude, of like that's, that's a big angle of it. Yeah, on the vegan activism thing. Even, although I don't think any of them look like vegans anymore. I don't know what's going on there, but that's kind of been their thing. Just like, a singer. Yeah, just a singer. Right, Travis. Okay, so it's been a sort of a green agenda thing lyrically for this band. And I've forgiven them for it because they're so good. But um, now they, they put a video out for that song during the quarantine. And it's like a shitty iPhone video. And they're all wearing their masks. And I saw it. Dude, I it, saw at it. the end, there's totally like the, lame. the message lame. is like telling people to stay home. He literally wrote a song about a misanthropic song about wanting to cull the human population for the good of the planet. And then a fucking... A plague, a fake plague hit, or a botched up plague, or whatever you want to call this pandemic, scamdemic, epidemic, whatever it is, actually happens. And what do they do? They jump on the authoritarian train and tell people to stay home so that they don't die. It's just mind boggling. I'm sorry that went so far into. Uh, he must. He must know where the flux capacitor is, man. Because you know he he went uh, back to the future and came back with that the. Uh, set of lyrics or something pretty it, crazy it is pretty haunting i mean uh if anyone out there hasn't heard that and they can stand four minutes of death metal i suggest you check it out it's it's really kind of weird although i will admit so i'm <laughs> I, I i'm not gonna try and hide this one but i myself had wrote uh kind of maybe not necessarily similar song but um you know uh in my younger years um and i was a little bit uh maybe kind of brainwashed by punk bands I looked up to and, you know, grind poor bands I looked up to that kind of took things to the extreme. And, and I was like, oh, I'm going to take it another step further. And that was with my band dead bodies everywhere. And I wrote that song pest control. And it was basically like, you know, a fantasy about like, yeah, let's just uh, scrape the earth of the human race. And, you know, but, uh, I was, <laughs> you know, a young idiot. It's not like I still stand behind what I wrote, you know, 20 yeah. years ago. It's not and, like you're pushing 50 and calling for genocide or fascism, which is like, I don't know which Travis is calling for. Does he want the fascism or the genocide? Cause he could really just, you know, pick one and maybe look like he had some sort of principle, but it's just, it's just a mess. Yeah, it's, it's messy. 
man. But, um, yeah, I mean, kind of like going along with what I was saying there, you know, like 20 years ago, I had one viewpoint and now I have another and I forget, like there's like Jay probably knows, I don't know, but there, there's some, uh, statement out there, like, um, some old antidote about, you know, a young man who isn't, um, like liberal is an idiot and an older man who isn't more conservative is an idiot or something along those lines, man. But it's weird how, you know, your, um, viewpoints change as you have more experience going through life, you know? Yeah. But, uh, well, you know, that life experience is what's important. And I think a lot of people are just having that experience through their televisions, you know, and that's how they end up that way, I guess. I don't know. That's all I can figure. I just, I don't know, man. Well, like Randy was saying, the internet is the monolith from, <laughs> you know, yeah. from 2001, right? It's, right. It's, it all goes back to the internet and it all goes back to a garage in Silicon Valley with a guy who was really bought by the government and well, go further. I don't follow that breadcrumb trail. I yeah. Yeah. Right. I know. Just tie it up with DARPA and NQTEL, CIA, all that stuff. OSS. Definitely. All right. Well, let me, uh, let me just remind everyone you're listening to boiler room live at alternate current radio.com. I'm your host, Hesher. I got Jay Dyer. I got odd man out. I got Randy J. I got lovely spore and I got Dick Rubin on the line with me for this. Uh, I think it's a Friday, Friday, the 22nd of May episode of boiler room right here out of central Texas. So, uh, let's see here. Let's go over to Jay again. Jay, what, what's new this week, man? Do you got any, uh, anything going on on your channel you want to let anyone know about? Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned the big Sean Atwood thing that premiered. Did I, I think I did mention that last spoiler. Mm, yes. That. Yes. But you know what? I, I'm glad you brought it up again because I forgot to put the show link, uh, the link on the last show page. So I'll That's okay. yeah, to do that really tonight. Good. Um, it went really good. It's been a week uh, up a week, I guess, and it's had uh, about 50,000 views. So that, that's pretty good for me. All right. Excellent. So really yeah, happy with that. I got uh, probably almost 4,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel out of that, just that interview. So that was a nice. big bump. Yeah, awesome. I needed that. It's, it's weird. We all know how difficult it is to get uh, YouTube subscribers nowadays with our friendly new algorithmic changes. So um, what else is new? <laughs> I had a uh, interview with some friends on theological issues. I had an interview with uh, one of my godfather, uh, my godfather on uh, Bill Gates. He actually has a book that deals heavily with Bill Gates, and so we went over some of his essays in the book that dealt with Bill Gates. So that uh, show was pretty good. Uh, Jamie and I did a talk on relationships. Um, and then I had a, a, a textual scholar on last night. So that's what I've been up to this week. I think we got some more uh, historical stuff coming up in the next week. Uh, and then in two or three weeks, I'll be debating the pretty much like the biggest Muslim dude out there. So that's going to be pretty hyped. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. Dr. Shabir Ali. So that's going to be a big one. What's the debate on, Jay? The Islamic versus Orthodox Christian view of Jesus. Oh, wow. There shouldn't be. That should just go very, you know. He's kind of like the Matt Dillahunty of Islam. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. Good deal. All right. That'll be yeah, interesting. That'll be a big one, yeah. 
Cool. Okay. Well, um, excellent, man. Any, yeah. any, uh, any other observations from the road since you've been traveling? You're one of the only people I've spoken to recently that's done interstate travel. What's, uh, how, what was it like going across state lines? Anything worth reporting? I mean, you definitely notice, uh, you know, between states that are more blue influenced or red influenced, you definitely do pick that up. I mean, Tennessee, uh, unless you're in like, you know, downtown Nashville, Chattanooga, Memphis, Hipsterville, if you're out in the country, most people don't really care a whole lot about it. The only people wearing masks are the boomers and then people at restaurants. But when you get into the city, hipster, liberal, shit, liberal, everybody's taking it really serious. Um, and then when you go state to state, you can see the difference as well based on once I got into, you know, more probably uh, uh, blue areas of Florida and whatnot. Florida's, you know, known for being a pretty uh, policed, statey uh, kind of place. Right. So you can definitely you can definitely see the difference in Florida, but um, like I said, everybody was at the, nobody was downtown, but everybody was at the beach. So nobody seems to care about, about the beach, but, um, yeah, that's my, my observation. My concern, I was talking to my godfather, who's a pretty woke, uh, conspiratorial figure. He's been on with Tim Kelly many times, Dean Arnold. Uh, Dean had some pretty interesting analysis. His view, his, the his theory is that what they're going to do is since this round of COVID was not that big of a deal, um, they're uh, they're going to wait until the next round comes, and that's going to make everybody who said it wasn't that big of a deal look bad. Yeah, and then they can do COVID two point and go full bore for the lockdown. Yeah, that's that's uh, what that's I That's his theory. That's, I think that's a very likely. Well, yeah, I, I was just I just saw an article today. I think I put it in our Skype. It was saying that they have major concerns about um, it was Los Angeles, Chicago, and I think even I don't know if it was D.C. Um, it's somewhere in our Skype, but I'll, I'll find it. But it, they were saying that these areas that have been locked down further than areas such as ours are having worse effects than other places hmm. it was likely because they did flatten that curve you know that makes it that ex flattening the curve extends the curve so you know you're muted plus the curve is all it's all i mean it's it's so conflated by numbers you know we can't trust any numbers because mm -hmm. um they've identified so many deaths as covid deaths um, and that weren't necessarily caused by COVID plus the fact that there are so many tests that aren't working properly. So everything's, you know, everything is based off of false number numbers in the first place. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right, but we could even consider, I mean, um, don't anyone take, take me as saying this is my opinion, but it is some people's opinion and it's worth thinking about in many ways. If we look at the fundamental aspects of it, we could consider that, there is no COVID and all we're dealing with is a repackaged, you know, fake um, media product that's based on influenza A or influenza B or, you know, something like that, H1N1, whatever. Um, it still would be the, the same level of bullshit. It's like it just, it would still, um, you know what I mean? It, uh, what I mean by that 
is it would still make quarantining everybody. I'm finally finding my words. Quarantining everybody would extend the length of the spike of whatever that flu is, whether it's COVID or influenza A. We've never taken everybody on the planet and told them to quarantine for eight to 16 uh, weeks. And um, if, if you listen to that first episode uh, in an interview with uh, Dr. Newt Witkowski, it's, he's very plain about how that works. It will extend that curve, you know, take COVID or what the, the brand of the respiratory um, ailment is out of the equation. It still does um, damage and extends the life of the bug into the next season if you take everybody if you quarantine all the kids and all the healthy people, because that ruins the ability to have the herd immunity and for the, the antibodies to um, develop and the virus to just burn out like it normally would. Exactly. I got the meme to capture all of that in, in the meme wars. Call the curve the swerve. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, Jay, that has been what I've been thinking all along, too. Like, after at least by the time we got to week three or something like that, and there was no, like, we realized it was, you know, the numbers were screwed up and that it wasn't, um, the lockdown was not the SHTF kind of lockdown we were maybe expecting. And then they started, when we found the MIT documents, you know, as we went along. Like once we got to the point where we started looking at the MIT document and we started mapping out their road plan ourselves, that was when I said to myself, they're going to do something worse. Like this is, this is the practice run. People thought event 201 was, was the test, but I think this, what we just went through was the test and what Bill Gates is openly calling pandemic two is really going to be pandemic one. And I really hope that there's not, something released, you know, that wasn't actually out there this time around, because that could just do exactly what you said, you know, we're all going to be demonized as the horrible people that made this happen by spreading false information, you know, throughout this period. You could hear, you could hear the reporting already on, on Jay's, the scenario Jay was talking about with, um, well, as you see, you know, people need to take, the authorities seriously on this. It's spreading at a rapid rate and blah, blah. I mean, yeah, it would be like, it would be bonkers. It would really be bonkers if something came behind this that was like doing what they claimed COVID is doing, but like on a large scale. Right. Uh, by a, but a, but a wouldn't we still whatever. be correct though? Wouldn't, wouldn't we still be correct, though, yeah. that we're being conspired against? Yeah. I mean, right? Yeah. So We would, but then the sobering thought is you would have people not caring because their life, because at their sort of circle close to them would for real be at risk. So it wouldn't be like, oh, they did this, that, and the other. And oh, those people are right. It's like, or, or, or else. And then, if you really want to get sinister with it, and it was wiping people out, it'd be wiping out a lot of the people that were calling bullshit on it to begin with, 
and the True. way they would spin it, it would be proving them right. The way they would spin it. Yeah, and let's yes, not... we would be right, but yeah, in the reality wars um, with the media, it they would be claiming a victory. See, look, those dummies without masks or without this, that, and the other that didn't get the vaccine. You know, whatever the hell it is, um, they're dropping like flies. Yeah, they riled everyone up, and now they got it. I saw that headline already today. I saw a headline that said, "Man who laughed at COVID or called COVID um, hoax gets COVID or something like that." One of those in your face sort of, in your face, you know, you stupid dummy. You know, you got the you got the Rona now because you said it was fake. So they're already starting to spin that, and with all the like crazy quarants like forced quarantining and forced vaccinating that people are talking about. And I'm not, I'm not just making that up. I'm not being alarmist. We've actually seen officials in, in uh, state and federal government talk about doing that. Lawyers, Dershowitz said it, said that you have no right not to be vaccinated and that someone from the government can come take you from your house, take you to a doctor and plunge a needle into your arm. So, and we were just talking last night about uh, the governor of Washington state was saying that they were going to force everybody to be tested or they would not be allowed to leave their homes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm telling you, try that shit around where I'm living. Good yeah, luck. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take an army to carry that out in some places, you know, all places. It's just, it's not going to, that's not going to fly. So that's the... But that takes me back to what Jay was saying, you know, the conversation that he had with his godfather, because that's exactly what I've been afraid of this whole time. Once we realized that this was just not doable, you know, that people weren't going to accept this, um, the only way it's either set up to fail, like the whole initiative, global initiative is set up to fail, or it has some plan to deal with the expected outcome. And that is, I think, one of the more sinister plans that is um potential i don't even want to use the word likely because i'm still hopeful but i will say very you know it's it has a potential and it is definitely something people need to be thinking about odd man what do you think of that shit man is that too dark is that too black pill did we just lose half the audience because we're 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 down the we're down in the hole now we're supposed to be partying it's friday night dude help me out Oh, man, I wish I could give you some <laughs> good news, some uplifting news, but I, I feel the same way. I was talking to a, a friend earlier who's ex-military, and he, he was just telling me he, he feels like that we've all been kind of getting conditioned to be obedient, you know, stand in line on this mark, and you can't leave, and you can't go here, and you can't go there. Um, and, you know, it really does feel like uh, you know, back to what Jay was saying, that we're being prepared for something bigger. And, um, you know, I hope I hope they were all wrong, of course, but... Well, everybody, we've all seen the Pandemic 2 quote from Gates, right? Yeah. Okay. Right, I mean, he, he said that, was that, was that in the, when he was talking to the Ted guy? I can't remember, there were so many... Ghoul Gates clips I've watched now, but yeah, he did. I've forgotten, yeah. Like somebody was saying, well, he's calling this one Pandemic One. I remember recently, and I was thinking, man, I thought I heard him say two, 
And he did. Like, he was implying there'd be a two when he said Pandemic 1, but then I actually found a clip of him talking about Pandemic 2. I think it might have been in that same one where he was saying, now we don't want a bunch of people that are going to recover. You know, when he was talking about how they want to make sure everybody gets the vaccine, so the best thing that can happen is, you know, people get treatment instead of developing antibodies like normal. How did this ever, anyone that's looked at Ghoul Gates more, how did how did this become his, like, his baby, his project? Uh, anyone know where that transition happened? Where he went from supposed, you know, 50-pound 50 pr- 50 brain, um, technology, computing guru, businessman, savant into a freaking vaccine pimp. When, when did that happen? Windows XP. Windows XP. It happened at Windows XP. Right, Hesh? That is approximately around the time. Yeah, I think I think that is approximately <laughs> in computer years. Yeah, I think so. But he rebranded himself. It was a um I think it was actually something that Aaron Dykes brought up in there when in his one of his recent uploads is was about there was a section about Bill Gates and he rebranded himself from techno nerd to philanthropist he went the the route of like a rockefeller and his whole thing with philanthropy was the vaccine thing and that's when the foundation was formed and when he started backing away from business at microsoft quite as much and you know now he's fully in it but yeah that was it was it was a straight up rebranding to philanthropism that's all it was because he was not a good sell as the revenge of the nerds (laughs) Right, because, I mean, with him, there's a lot of stuff out there that we all reference um, that have done, like, heavier research, and a lot of those YouTubers are are really popular right now, um, doing, like, all the business associations, the front organizations, et cetera, et cetera, on him. But just circumstantially and human nature-wise, when you have so much money, you could just point at things and say, like, I want to buy that. I want to buy that. And whatever the hell it is that could pop up in your mind, you, you can buy. I want to buy that. Give me 20 of those. That doesn't exist. Make it so I could live in it. I want to buy that. <laughs> I want to buy that. Like, you could do that the rest of your life. But it's like you're still – you still have this agenda – and whatever that it is that you're that you're working for, and that's your either your psychotic enjoyment, or it's because you're you're per, you're purchased on another level, and and that's what you're supposed to do. Um, and I think in his case, it's probably both. I think he probably likes living the life of what he's presented to be versus what he is, and I think. More than likely, it it appears like they quote unquote got something on him. Like maybe he could get knocked at any point, um, so he just has to sort of do do this stuff, and he knows it. And he already sold out a long time ago to be the guy to start the computing uh, revolu- uh, revolution and all this. Um, at least in a commercial 
um, pop culture sort of sense he was going to be the guy or whatever. It just He looks dirtier by the second, if that's even possible. It is. It is very possible, Randy J. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And many would argue that he was born into this role due to who his father was and, you know, his father's... Gavin Newsom. <laughs> yeah, another one. Yeah. Gavin Newsom. I almost spit out my <laughs> iced tea that I was drinking there. That's funny. Yeah, Newsom the nuisance for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then there's Gates. There's Gates. Uh, that's another head scratcher to me, the way that this guy can be sold as a philanthropist with the track record that he has and the relationships that he has. I don't know. I don't know. It's it is the old blueprint though, because there are tons of living still in existence textbooks that aren't that old that point that when it talks about the age of um the industrial age around the turn of the century and all that and it's talking about Carnegie and Rockefeller and Morgan they're all just like great industrious hardworking people that rolled their sleeves on and, and became philanthropists because their success was so great they, they actually read like that and it it had been taught and so it's it's actually the same old tired playbook with with gates it's lazy yeah it's like oh that worked they just call themselves philanthropists yeah i see okay yeah easy no problem as long as you can buy yourself that title basically you're you're iron man isn't he exactly. in um, geoengineering as well yes uh, with the, the global dimming and all that yeah he is he had an initi initiative to uh spray reflective dust into the sky to blot out the sun i believe right yeah something it's ridiculous like that I was just Dick reading, to computing. Uh, Holy smokes. Yeah. And Randy had mentioned um, Carnegie. One of their, it's not the Carnegie Endowment, but, you know, they have multiple uh, branches. They're also into the geoengineering, the, the global dimming. Um, I ran into, uh, it was on one of their websites, and you could actually download the PDF. It's like, why do all these, it's like the same old types that were around the first of the last century, the eugenics types that want to control society. It's like that whole depopulation agenda never really went away. And Bill Gates is just kind of like a child of that whole thing. Right. He's a 2.0 of all that. No pun intended. Right. Like it's, it's just the wolf has changed his clothing. Um, so to speak. It's like, when you guys mentioned Rockefeller, it's like somebody had to take over for Rockefeller and, uh, you know, Gates is the man to do it, I guess. Yeah, man, you, um, you reminded me, odd man, you reminded me of, uh, this Bertrand Russell quote from 1953. Uh, I guess, yeah, I'll read it because it kind of fits into what you guys are talking about. I do not pretend that birth control is the only way in which population can be kept from increasing. War has hitherto been disappointing in this respect, but perhaps bacteriological war 
may prove more effective. If a black death could be spread throughout the world once in every generation, survivors could procreate freely without making the world too full. The state of affairs might be somewhat unpleasant, but what of that? Really high-minded people are indifferent to happiness, especially other people's. There are three ways of securing a society that shall be stable as regards population. The first is that of birth control. The second, that of infanticide or really destructive wars. And the third, that of general misery, except for a powerful minority. Wow. Jay, isn't Bertrand Russell a philanthropist? Well, he's one of the classic examples of the cover of philanthropy. Yes. It's cloak your philanthropy and, I mean, cloak your sort of uh, genocidal views in philanthropy as the way to get around stuff. What a brilliant Orwellian flip-floppy term it is. So for those people that call Bill Gates a health expert, just remember the guy that said those words that I just read, was a philanthropist, which Bill Gates is also by default by being a health. I remember expert. also that by Godfather Three, that's what Michael Corleone learns is that he can accomplish a lot more through international foundations than through his old mob tricks. Right, right. Yeah, what an, uh, it's like the ultimate toolkit. It's like they come up with all those mob tools, and then at the very top, it's like, oh wait, we just get a, we just have to call ourselves philanthropists and have a foundation. Great, we can get government contracts and continue doing what we're doing. Yeah, cloak. You need a you need a cloak. Don't be uh, just a mobster. You need to you know pretend to be the guy who's. Uh, blessing society right but uh i mean that's kind of like the higher levels of psychopathy right yes the upper echelon your bill gates levels perhaps yeah i was thinking too you know if we want to really just understand how all this works you, you we've all heard me and others plenty of other people say well just think about how the mafia is but what does the mafia do? They just buy off the cops and they buy off the local mayor, right? So the mobster's always laughing like, well, the mayor, he's mine. I own him. And everybody knows that that goes on. But then when you talk about it on a bigger scale, there's somehow, oh, that doesn't happen on a big scale. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Look at all these uh, mayors and count city councilors and that crazy black woman saying you got to pledge allegiance to the New World Order. You saw that clip, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, the governors, right? These people are all just bought off by uh, the big, the big mafia. And uh, you know, Rosa Corey wrote about that in her in her book. Like, they, it's not just the federal government's gonna come try to get you to sign on to Agenda Twenty One. It's they're gonna come and buy off all your mayors and city council people yeah. and your senators. Yep. It's sort of a. Uh, uh, Top-down, bottom-up approach, huh? I want to be a village idiot here, if, if it's okay. Can you, you guys ready for a village idiot moment? Always. Okay. Uh, I have family that's military. I have friends that are military. 
Some of y'all know military people too. At the end of the day, the guy holding the trigger end of the gun runs shit. So that's the big question here. If this really go, does go down a very dark road, are our military going to remember their family members and friends that are not in the military? Or are they just going to back up the mob? Yeah, I I, kind of devil's advocate there. That's what I've been wondering, man. Like we've we've had we've kind of done some armchair philosophizing about this. Like, what are certain classes of people going to do? We have one that may have just hit the podcast waves today from a day or two ago, but we were talking about exactly that. Like, what's we're seeing all these people, um, like police officers and military people, pop up on YouTube and say, you know, hey, I'm not down with this. I, I, I didn't sign up for this. I, I took an oath to defend the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, and I'm not going to do anything counter to it. They're popping up everywhere, and they're being taken down. Some of them are being fired. One dude out of Seattle was let go for it, and um, the, the videos are wildly popular. They're being viewed millions of times. So I don't know. I mean, we've got, we've got boiler room listeners that are in the military. Um, and they're feeling it, you know. I've talked to some of them, and they're being told to go home if they don't, if they don't take on the mask, you know. So I think it's an internal struggle that's currently, I think, you know, the people you're asking about, I think they're asking themselves the same question. Some of them are listening to this show and going, maybe they do have a plan, maybe they don't, I don't know. But that is the question. What is, what is pandemic two and what do people like that do about it? What do the rest of us do about it? Those are the big questions. Yeah, man. Whenever, whenever the big decision comes for, for those types of people, you hope they, they do like Darth Vader and throw the emperor down the reactor instead of finishing off Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. There, there's an analogy for you. Yeah. From an appropriately d- directed uh, period of uh, the the series, too. Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. That's the big question. Those are the big questions. What is like? I'm not even so concerned about the phase two, phase three, phase four of the reopening because I don't even think we're gonna see what those are meant to be. If we're gonna have a pandemic two. Because it's already, we're already almost at the end of May here, you know. We're going to get whatever we're going to get for the next few months. And then when do you think it's going to hit? October, November? As soon as people start standing up for themselves? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's appearing like if this thing runs its course with the statistic data that is in already questionable as it may be the the bite doesn't match the bark so the the appearances in already um odd man was mentioning in his state he sees about you know it's a middle of the road split half of the people wearing the mask half of the people not that's about what i've seen in my part of california that's down from about 90, 95% wearing one, uh, let's say, two, three weeks ago. 
Um, so it's like it's sort of simmering down, and it's still at a fever pitch politically because they're weaponizing it, they're politicizing it, and they're using it for for whatever purposes along those lines. But to the people, it's becoming this like, eh, yeah, yeah, I ain't too worried about it. So, like, it, so it's gonna be, it's gonna reach a, a point, and it sort of already has, where there's been this lightning, lightening of the of the heaviness and the authoritarian level of it, at least at an enforcement level, at least in people's compliance and willingness to go along with it. So, in that sense. It's got to, it's got to come back meaner and stronger, or something else, or or it's just gonna flame out over time. Yep. I think. Comma. I hear... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you know you can finish. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was gonna say, comma, pause for effect and all that. That's where, that's where the worry is, is that, you know, the old, you know, what's next. You know, what's the next act in this book? Stay tuned to chapter two, you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. And I, I mean, I, I agree 100%. Like, we, I've been saying, I don't know if I said it last night or the night before, but it's it's been feeling like school's out for summer here. Like, not, not for the kids, but for the adults. Like, suddenly, like, everybody's, like, on the roads, you know, they're, they're going out and getting ready to go fish and watch, you know, whatever they do together and drink beers in their garage and uh i think that uh what they've done is is um they've created habits for us that we weren't necessarily choosing to make for ourselves during this period of time it's like everything in the world has changed everything i mean not you know i think everybody's lives has been changed in one way or another and we've all formed new habits from it. I mean, me, you know, compared to you, Jay, you know, I lost two jobs. And so like my daily habits are totally different for me. Um, so, you know, and I'm, I'm not interested in doing the same things that I was before. I, I don't want to go out to eat anymore. And that's not because I don't enjoy the experience of like getting out and sitting outside on a patio and having somebody serve me and give me good food and stuff and take it away. It's because, the world is different now and it's really strange and my habits are different now. And then, you know, I'm going to enjoy summer just like everybody else is. Now that things are open, I'm going to get out there and, you know, we're going to go to farmer's markets and uh, hopefully see some more live music, things like that. Um, but when flu season comes around next time, I think that we're all going to be a little bit more prepared for it when they say, hey, y'all can't leave your houses or you got to wait in a line outside the grocery store again. And, oh, well, we've already experienced this. And flu start season starts maybe a little bit earlier next year. You know, it, it doesn't happen in March. It happens in October and it goes through March or May. And, you know, it's, it's like this conditioning. It's uh, getting people used to this power trip. It's like TSA, you know, they, they gave us TSA after 9-11. And at that point, it was like unimaginable that we would be 
wheeling grandma in a wheelchair through a TSA line and the poor woman has, you know, medical issues or medical augmentations and she has to get extra pat downs for it or that you would have to let a, a grown person who you've never seen before manhandle your kid to get on an airplane. But hey, guess what? We've been doing that for quite a while now. We've been doing that for what, 17 years now or something? Some of us weirdos on the internet complained about it a bit. Other than that, 99% compliance. Hey, guys, I'm going to head out. All right, Jay. Hey, man, thanks for joining us tonight. It was great to have you in the room. Cool. Yeah, Enjoy thanks, Jay. Later. You too. Later, dude. Bye. Anyways, it's, this is going to be, this has got to be part of just learned, learned trauma, learned helplessness being forced uh, um, into Wonderland. Like nothing makes sense and you'll do anything to get out of it. Most people will. <clears throat> Y'all ever heard the term let go and let God? Mm, no. Well, Something uh, you like know, it I've heard, gr yeah. Gr growing up, you know, 12 years of Catholic school, you know, been through the, the whole show confirmed Catholic. I don't practice, but you know, that, that was something that even in sports. So like the high school I went to, uh, a lot of prominent athletes, I'm not going to get in particulars, but, um, you know, very prominent athletes that are currently out there in football and baseball went to our school. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was seriously, it, that's a statement, let go and let God and we're one nation under God. And so are we going to fucking let go and let God or are we going to let, you know, these nerds tell us what to do? And another one, another old one is hindsight's 2020. Yeah. How do we know that we're doing it the right way? Do we really know we're doing it the right way? Maybe if we did it the other way, these people would have died. Do you really know? Do you want to really tell me that is there some human being on this earth right now that has absolute knowledge that we're doing the right thing? We're human. We don't know everything. Yeah, man. Being able to admit that, especially in a time like this, is so lacking. It's so lacking. Everyone thinks they know everything. You know, we may even sound like that sometimes, but you know what? I don't. I don't know everything. There is so much I don't know. I have more questions than answers. All I do know is I don't want to see ridiculous responses when I know people dictating those responses are either in on something they know more than me, they're in on something, or they're acting with as little information, verifiable information as I am. None of those are acceptable. There's just no way out of that. None of those are acceptable. Um telling you man the white the wisest man got as wise as they are because along the way they admitted they didn't know what the hell was going on or they yeah. looked into it further right right and anyone that tells you they so, know everything probably knows less than you yeah i'm 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 in the same boat as you man it's like i'm not trying to say i know everything but hey what i see around me right now don't look right it doesn't yeah. look right doesn't smell right doesn't sound right people are acting weird it's destroying humanity period yep now, which end of it is? Is it the virus that is, or is it the way that we're being told, told to deal with it? Yeah. We're in America. Nobody should be telling us shit. 
Damn right, man. And back to that headline from earlier. In California, more people... What was that headline? Amen, brother. Dude. Okay, go ahead. More more people dead from suicide. I saved it. I hope I saved that. I read it earlier. Yeah, California doctors say they've seen more deaths from suicide than coronavirus since lockdown. If that is true, then that that proves exactly what we're saying. Indeed. Yeah, man, and you know, it's like um, the people that are, you know, some people will get mad at people like us or, or even a person who's slightly skeptical about things like this. And it's like, you just kind of want to slap them and say, have you not, you know, picked up a history book? I mean, the whole history of mankind is filled with rulers and, and governments and monarchies and different things doing terrible things to the citizens. But I mean, even in modern history in the United States, I mean, there's been so many things that have happened. You know, it's, it's kind of like the person who doesn't at least have a few questions about big events like this. It seems like they're the real conspirator because just to believe everything's the way it is, it is ridiculous at this point. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. It's yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it's really frustrating, man. And the, the one I'm seeing really commonly is you come across someone like you just described and you say something, something kind of complex, like, um, but not super complex. Kind of like Jay mentioned earlier. I think it was Jay that said, Um, you know, it's like people have no problem believing that there can be like, you know, levels of corruption in like a local mafia or a mafia family or whatever, you know, they see this stuff on TV all the time and they think that's totally normal. But then to take that one step further and take it like to the, you know, international global, you know, banking levels, it's like, no, 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 that could never happen. You know, they just, they can't, they, there's just places in their head they can't go. And those type of people I'm finding... Like if you give them a concept, they'll be like, well, they'll take it and they'll just punch it into a um, Google on their phone and they'll see, you know, the first 20 results that all say the, you know, what they think all backs up what they think. And if you can't prove them with a link, you know, your concept that they can read in, you know, no more than 30 seconds, then you're just cut off. You know, you're not going to be able to have any communications with that person. That, that should be painfully obvious to everybody at this point. And the, and, and the thing is, is it ain't. And the thing is, is that it's 99% the other direction. And it was pretty funny, you know, at the, you know, somewhere along the early, early um, minutes of this show where, where, you know, I was like the internet, you know, and Randy's like, yeah, man, that's like the monolith, <laughs> you know, we're right back at that again. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah, we're just banging on the banging on the. Where black are you getting monolith. your information from? Where are you getting your information from? You know, right? Yeah, like, and show that's me. what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm completely unplugged, man. Like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's exhausting. You know, uh, looking at news feeds, watching the news. You know, I mean, it, it's right. totally exhausting. And and honestly, you know, I found myself. This is going to sound totally ridiculous, but whatever. I'm ridiculous, man. I'm just living my life, dude. Um, so I found myself starting to listen to Bloomberg radio a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not trying to say like they have the story straight, but man, if you follow the market and like all the things behind the market, you learn, a, you learn a, a good bit about what's really pushing things. What's, re, you know, 
where the wind is coming from that's blowing the sails. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the market is like the tea leaves in many ways. Yep. Yeah. There's been some pretty bizarre stuff going on with it. and uh, Yeah, dude. Anything stand out? Well, you know, the fact that uh, we're t- – how many how many million unemployed are we? Basically, we're getting down to one out of four of us is unemployed in this country. So technically, uh, how are we only down, I don't know, something like 12% from all-time highs right now or something? You know, I, I was assuming things were and, – and assuming, anticipating just, you know, from years of looking at the charts and studying stuff. But, like, we should be – well around 15 at best right now with the Dow and like we're hovering around 24,000. This just does not make sense. And there are a lot of big money, old blood, you know, aristocrats, whatever you want to call them, elite members of, you know, humanity that are profiting like nuts off this right now. Yeah. And it's a whole nether thing to digest. Yeah, and that that massive uh, set of CEOs that all left right before this. We had all the politicians that did insider trading right before this. Nothing, you know, it's just totally legal for them. It's insane, dude. Like people sitting Congress people making buttloads of money doing insider trading, most likely, in the lead up to this. And then there's the whole oil futures market, which is being completely, it's a mess. I mean, it tanked. <clears throat> it completely tanked. Think, anyone think oil is done from this? I think I don't. I don't think it's done. I think it's just being. Um, it's going to be manipulated in a way that normal people will not be able to go back to traveling freely and owning their own vehicles. It's going to be fleet cars owned by, you know, Uber Corporation and Amazon Corporation. They're going to be driverless, and it's going to, you know, they're going to work us all out of being able to travel freely. Ah, so if you're some sort of, like, residual leftover of what used to be the middle class, you might be able to have your own corporate auto drive car. If you're Otherwise, yeah. you, you're, you're working, walking, or bike riding, or mask mass transit distance from uh from where you live if not working at home well it it may sound outrageous but this is exactly what's happening in china and we're supposed to be mimicking china right that's what this is all about at least for those that look deep enough that there's a big you know uh pillar there as to why this is happening is to keep up with china in the inform in the fourth industrial revolution that's what this is all about like go ahead sorry um so no you go ahead i forget where i was going with that um i i was just gonna say that it's i don't think it's necessarily about getting you on mass transit and things like that and buses and bicycles and things like that it's about you staying the fuck home you stay in your your little spot and you don't go outside your house and get used yeah, to it. T- take our hush money and shut up. Yeah. Right? Take, exactly. That's what the hush money is. It's stimulus money, my ass. It's hush money. Yep. It's Pornhub money. It's your Amazon allowance. It's mommy and daddy giving you your fucking Amazon allowance for the month. And, um, yeah, yeah, back to the oils thing. I remember what I was going to say. Um, so, you know, the, the, 
the gas will be available for the fleets and the military and all that stuff. But you as the citizens will be treated just like they are in China if they have their way. And in China, you know, you may be able to have a car, but you can only travel when your cell phone app says that you can because the government says that you're not sick. They're contact tracing everyone. So if the your phone bleeps and tells you that you were near someone who was infected, then you have to self-quarantine for two weeks. That's what, right. it, that's or, what everybody's championing. Or even, right, or even um, like, okay, your, your car simply won't move, period, because the On authorities start. got like some sort of yeah. kill switch yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. Been there for a while now. Yeah, but totally, man. It, but yeah, OnStar. Right. Yep, and all the Teslas are going to be that way. All the Teslas are that way. And, you know, there's only going to be... The, the whole automotive industry is going to change. I think that's why um, that's why the automotive loan, loan companies were primed to offer really toxic and enticing loans during a global lockdown. One of the most rank set of commercials I've seen under the quarantine has been these apps and these banks that are trying to sell people cars right now. People that are stuck home, just internet shopping, you know, drinking wine and thinking about traveling and thinking like about how nice a new Spore car would saying. be. Yeah, like Spore was saying. She, she right there, like, stay the fuck home. Yep, yep, <laughs> stay home. And, and buy shit with our hush money. Right. Right. But in the meantime, get used to being told when you can leave and when you can't. Just get used to being, I mean, like, odd man, can you not see the, the TSA factor here? It's like you're being TSA'd around your entire fucking life. You're being TSA'd in the restaurant. You're being TSA'd in the bathroom. You're being TSA'd at the grocery store. You're constantly being told where you can stand, what you can do. Hey, Spork, could you mute for a second? We're getting some noise there. Sorry. Um, you know what I mean? So, and then we're going to have phases of this and being told when you got to stay home, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it just hits a point where you're just a, a, a sheep. You're just a farm animal. And a slick thing too is a lot of people are hip to, I'm not getting microchipped. Okay. You'll get traced on your phone. You know, whatever. Don't worry about the microchip. We, we, we already got you. <laughs> yeah you're you're just carrying it you're not you know it doesn't it's not on you it, it, you're just carrying it uh leave the leave the actual chipping part for or skin tattoo that's invisible or or whatever uh your grandkids that's them you guys don't worry about it. you just you old school people could just uh carry around your your ankle bracelet it's cool it has yeah. some cool you know candy crush stuff on it you can mess around with it and everything it's it's fun. Yep. Makes me want to get like a track phone, like a flip track phone or something, and um, an old old car. You know, yeah. I, I, you guys are talking about cars. You know, several states have been trying to push this mileage tax, and I can see them doing that as another way to deter people from driving, especially long distances and whatnot. But it, it, it's. It's kind of like you were saying, uh, it, it's really going to, and it is already affecting almost every aspect of our lives. It's kind of like, again, the Behind the Green Mask book. She keeps talking about how it's all-encompassing, and it, it really is, man. It's like the perfect, the perfect thing 
And, I, you know, who knows? We'll never really know exactly the true origins of, you know, COVID or if it's completely real or any of that crap. But, <coughs> excuse me, it's a perfect thing for the elites to control society. I mean, couldn't they couldn't have a better thing because it's your health. You know, it's like perfect way to scare people. Yeah. Yeah, it's for your own and, good. And anyone remember... It's a it's an easy one. What the WWW stands for in all these domains? World Wide Web. World Wide Web. Aww. How clever. Like a mm. lot of this stuff is just named like in the open. <laughs> like the joke's on us, man. Yeah. The World Wide Web. Stuck in it. (laughs) Did you guys see this? um, Apparently, the uh, description for the software update, the upcoming, the beta release for the software update for iOS for all the Apple and Apple phones and tablets is out. Have you guys seen this going around? I did see that, man. It said something about uh, face masks. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty cringing. Um, before he even before he even said that odd man, I'm like, oh no, what, know. what's it gonna say? So, I don't know if this is yeah okay. So this this should be up um, on Apple's website if anyone wants to check it. I have not verified it, but it looks legit. It says uh, and it's a screenshot of your iOS update, which will be iOS 13.5. And it says iOS 13.5 speeds up access to the passcode field on devices with face ID when you're wearing a face mask and introduces the exposure notification API to support COVID-19 contact tracing apps from public health authorities. Wow. So the API, for those that don't know, the API is the... um, piece of underlying software that is required for, you know, uh, interaction with other softwares and networks. So basically what happens if this is as I think it is, when you update to iOS 13.5, your phone will then be equipped with that API. And the API itself is where they build, um, where uh, they have what they call hooks. So people will build apps public health authorities to use their own words here can build apps and hook into that API that's connected to your iOS. And, you know, then it can have access to your, your, uh, location, all that stuff, you know, all anything on your phone, any data coming, going from your phone, whatever that, uh, API thinks it needs, will have access to. So that, um, you know, don't worry. It's not any app. It's not a contact tracing app. It's just the ability to connect with contact tracing apps coming soon to an iPhone near you. It's just out in the open. Yeah, yeah no surprise either, really. I mean, yeah, this no, is like... it's not. I mean, they may as well just call it like the NSA API or something. I mean, this thing it's for contact tracing, it is for tracking you and surveilling you. 
They've, they've repurposed the word surveillance. It's now a medical term, and it literally has to do with machines monitoring you everywhere you go. They're talking about to get into a, um, an airplane or a sports event in the future, you'll have to look into one of these, uh, these devices. It's like a, a scanner that takes your temperature, and you're going to get you know contact traced and turned away and denied service and denied entertainment and access and all kind of things if you run a little hot or if you got a sniffle picked up a case of the rona that you're getting over they will spot you hey maybe they'll put it on drones why not already- well uh, uh jay dyer's comrade on those hollywood decoded things Jay Wagner was talking on a on a different program. I think it's his own Stanley Kubrick sort of analysis film that he did where he said that he believes it's no accident that Kubrick made the monolith proportionate to like the movie industry's standard sized, you know, rectangle just turned on its side. Um, like, you know, the screen. Um, and it's almost like the, the eighth portion of the film is the introduction, the opening act, and then the monolith takes over, and then all of a sudden you have, you know, technological man, you know, in space. Like, as it zooms in on the monolith, in the and it takes up the whole screen. And... I mean, the screen is just miniaturized. I mean, you could say the screen did the same thing the computer did. Screens that people went into and filled up rooms of, you know, two, three hundred seating and everything to stare at the screen um, is now, you know, put it in your pocket. It could be smaller, of course, but, you know, the typical one is the smartphone. It's... Um, that's the computer went from being in a room to also merging and being something that you could just put in your pocket. And again, don't worry, leave all the tracing and data tracking to them. Like I said earlier, you know, you could, you could keep in touch with your friends. (laughs) It's such a bait and switch thing, man. You can keep in touch with your friends and, oh, it's just for marketing purposes um, that you know you don't want to read the 50-page terms of service and just 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 click yes. The app's cool. You'll like it. Uh, and and there you go. You are tracked. Man, yeah, Ruckus just Pelosi. Dro- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say Ruckus just dropped an article in the chat about this from ZDNet. You know this. Yeah, that that API out there. It's available now, folks. Go ahead and download it if you want. Maybe uh nobody maybe nobody should update their iPhone ever again. Everybody leave it at uh 13.4 whatever the hell you have yours on or keep that iPhone 6 or 7. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Or get rid of the damn thing altogether. Yeah, toss toss all phones. <laughs> there is that. Go back to ham go back radios. To, go back I, to I live, um, I live odd that, man's right. 
What's that? Yeah, what Oddman was saying, the track phone, or you go even further back and just, you know. You know, we used to have pay phones. They took all those out. Yeah, they're gone. Pretty, you know, wild. But, we, yeah, we had pagers and pay phones. Um, you know, we absolutely needed it. And uh, the construction industry had two-way radios, you know, who paid, like, a comm company to uh, have two-way radio service. Um, I mean, hey, you could, you could do it and, and make money and be profitable and live a good life without all this bullshit. So, I mean, what's it going to come to? You know, you, you, you love the gram so much, you sell your soul to the gram or, you know, you can do the right thing. I mean, if it comes to that, it's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I, I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't understand how people can give so much time to it if their, their business isn't attached to it. I mean, if we weren't doing what we do, I wouldn't have any of these fucking things. <laughs> so like, I, uh, as it is, it's, it's bothersome to me to have to upkeep them all and know who's behind them and who's running them and what kind of shit they're doing. And, you know, eventually, like a lot of people have already <clears throat> drawn the line. A lot of people are like, nah, you know. We've, we've got a lot of listeners who are like getting the episodes via Raven, I think, or something. I don't even know how they're totally off the grid, how they're as getting off it. the grid as they could be. <laughs> yeah. There's that's a, awesome. there's some sort of underground, yeah. like Raven or pigeon community that sends mini disc <laughs> recordings of the show around or something. <laughs> Sweet. That but, sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah, but this is this uh, very sucky. That's- well, back when, hey, dude, I mean, that brings up another thing, though. I mean, like, you know, this country, we emancipated from England because of, like, news news leaflets, right? Wasn't it something? Um, the hell were they called? God, I'm bad at this stuff. But, um, you know, essentially, like, that's how we ended up being a free country is, you know, we dispersed information via printed materials, right? I mean, it's like a archaic version of twitter but it worked you yeah. know yeah it, it, it still gets it's a little slower um slow's good you know doesn't always have to be going 200 miles an hour so it's all right too um yeah, yeah. But the colonials had to do it and smell the, the colonials roses. had to, <laughs> the colonials had to do it in uh battlestar galactica too they knew the the cylons were networking everything so they had like stuff that was like old school radio or whatever and not net. Right. Yeah. That was the only way they survived. They did freaking freaking crazy reference, but yeah. Yeah. Back to the future. (laughs) No, definitely. You dropped out a little bit there, Randy, while you were saying it, but the, uh, yeah, the, um, that aspect of the, the, the fleet was being put into retirement because it wasn't networked when the Cylons attacked, if I recall. And it was like one of the only ones that escaped. Yep. Yeah. Because the, it wasn't, it Lute. wasn't networked. Right. Right. L- Ludite. We just need to go. We might need to go. We might need to go full Ludite. Full Ludite. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> don't go full retard. I'll go full Ludite. Yeah, dude. really? <laughs> well, I don't know. In, in the in the Chinese model, you know, you could probably get uh, you know you, you back to things like um, public transport and all that stuff. You're not going to be able to do any of that if you're full luddite. You're going to be you be strictly living bridge troll life. You know, it's going to be 
tents and stuff like that tents and trying to grab squirrels to eat because you won't be able to shop you won't be able to travel you won't be able to get a job you know what i mean yeah yep but i mean if we've gone that far fuck it that's not a life you know if if things go that far (laughs) that that's not life i'd rather be a fucking bridge troll than let some black mirror some monolith in my pocket tell me when i can and can't leave my my prison, my domicile or whatever, when I should be afraid I might catch a sneeze or, you know, die or something. Yeah, man, exactly. Life's, life's too short. I, I don't want to live it in a box like, a, like, a, like I'm in a jail cell, you know. That's, that's what I, you know, back to earlier, our company told its employees, you know, go work from home, you know, and uh, I, I fought my way back into the office because I was like, you know, uh, is there a law telling me I have to go work from home? Oh wait, no, there isn't. There isn't. So can you know, you keep me employed. I'm going to, I'm going to do my work out of the office with, you know, the other staff that, you know, was peers of mine or, or, or upper. And, um, yeah, man, I, I, I think I retained a good degree of my integrity and humanity by making that decision. And, uh, you know, uh, others that weren't able to do that or have not done that, <laughs> It seemed like they've gotten pretty, pretty freaking weird, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, I got man. One. I got one for you, Dick. For everybody. Being in a box, living in a, uh, being in a box with six feet of distance, that's for when you're dead, man. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> straight up, Randy. Yes. Six feet deep. That's where you, that's when you live in a box. Totally. Right. And it seems to me, like, I was just talking to Hesh about this the other night. Like, why did they choose six? I mean, they've been changing throughout the last few months. They've been changing the distance that the COVID can travel through the air. Like, it's gone from six feet to 13 feet to 18 feet to, like, actually no feet. And you just have to cough in someone's mouth. But six feet. Why? Why that number? I mean, the only reason I could think is that, like, oh, it's going to kill you. You're going to be speed under from the COVID. You know, like, that's, I think it's a total NLP mental manipulation on, on society when they say six feet, you know? It could jump into wow. the wires and cross the internet, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the flu, Gary. It's the flu. I'm coming to get you. <laughs> You know, it's you're right, sport. It's as arbitrary as TSA telling you that you can bring a three fluid ounce bottle of, say, perfume or toothpaste. A three fluid you can bring th- three fluid ounces of liquid through, but you may not bring three point five or more through. It's like okay, what? So I have to throw away my my six ounces of you know hand cream or whatever. Well, yeah, it's an arbitrary number, but it's also six feet to make people think of death. And that's, I mean, that's what people, right. you know, when you're, you're scared of a pandemic or a plague or something like that, you're afraid of dying or you're afraid of your loved ones dying. And I think that that's, I think it has a, a grim, I think there's a grim reason that they chose six feet to be the distance. Yeah. Benny brought that up when he was on the show and, um, I totally agree. I just think it's, it's so it's not arbitrary in that sense, but it's a, it's just still a indoctrination, a fear indoctrination. You know, it's 
It's like the next level of, I'm just sticking to my TSA theme tonight because we're just being dictated by micro tyrants. Like what is acceptable? You know, like we're on recess or something and these people are our hall monitors, but now they've got the death factor in there. It's like a, is, we went from a, from a, a one death cult to another. We went, you know, we're out of the frying pan Ooh. into the fire with regards to like Ooh. where we are with the death cults. Let's go with the death cult one because I was just thinking that when I was taking a squeege when I was on break there, I was like, <laughs> wait a second, did they reverse the whole death cult thing on people like us? Yeah, like wasn't it really getting to like a like an extreme level of exposure on the death cult thing, and then now all of a sudden like we're the death cult people. Yeah. Like, and then the other thing is, is like, <laughs> this one's stupid, but it's also, I don't know, it's a little profound. And it came out of that dumb movie, The Italian Job, but fear. And the guy goes, false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Yep. What? Yep. That it works. It does. It does, man. I remember Gary Busey used to say that shit all the time on his show. <clears throat> oh god yeah yeah the Bu the Busey show was all acronyms right it yeah was he like, loved that stuff like, we had we had dri and afi and <laughs> what other ones do we have dude <laughs> mod sod <laughs> M yes go go what else <laughs> osi <laughs> yeah right we, we could go on oh man mm. yeah you're right i think i need to Hesh sesh tomorrow. Yeah, yeah dude. Good idea. Need yeah. To do it. We need a music day. Get out of all this black pill talk radio stuff. Totally, dude. Yeah. Yep. Well, speaking of which, I'll uh, I'll go around the room and we'll get out of here. I think it's been kind of a uh I think we went a little bit overtime, but it was really fun. I didn't want to stop. Odd man, um so glad you're able to join us once again, dude. Uh over to you for any uh any final thoughts or saved rounds. Hey, once again, it was a blast, man. I really appreciate it talking to you guys. It's good to actually talk to some like-minded people, you know, because we're in this crazy world. And <laughs> it's like even the people that I know that are kind of against the the whole mask thing and the COVID thing, you know, it's like they're diet woke. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like they <laughs> it, it is, my fear is like if we did have a, a, a civil war and those people were the ones fighting against their opposition that they would just be taken over so easily by somebody else. You know what I mean? Because they're not really yep. <laughs> yeah. standing up for individual liberty and stuff like that. Bill of rights and all that yep. stuff. But man, yeah, I, I appreciate it, man. I, I should have a new podcast by tomorrow night. Uh, like I said it, uh, yesterday, it's about agenda 21 and uh, I know it's been done a lot, but there's a lot of people that are starting to wake up that are really not familiar familiar with a lot of the stuff that you know we talk about, and it's in that regard, it's kind of a cool time. So, yeah, just appreciate the opportunity to talk with you guys. Yeah, we're really glad you're here, man, and we really appreciate what you're doing out there. Sure, Spore and I have talked a few times about how the scene has opened up so much with everybody becoming de facto social rejects. You know, one out of four people unemployed. I mean. Gosh, welcome to the Social Rejects Club, dudes and dudettes. Um, but it's really good to have uh, brush-ups on some of these topics that are overlooked by people that have been in, in this rabbit hole, in these in and among these rabbit holes for years and years, because 
it's it's good context it's good foundational information you really got to have that to accept some of the the darker shit the more real shit that's going on these days no yeah absolutely man all right dude glad you were here tonight we'll do it again soon that's odd man out you can find him on instagram underscore the odd man out his show is called the Oddcast. you can find it on podbean check him out randy J, over to you man in the uh save rounds for this boiler room I like what uh, Odd Man saying about looking at different topics that we we're familiar with or we've heard a lot about or revisiting them. Um, frequent listeners will know I'm going over Bill Cooper's old stuff, and I'm he's got too much out there. You you can't quite um, listen to it all. Plus, there's so much stuff happening right now but then now to take a page out of our other guest um um book uh dick rubin and that is hey sometimes just step the hell back too and don't be the monkey at the monolith let don't let that thing like run you uh (laughs) step away from all the the chatter from all the hysteria from all of the um additives and fillers of the airwaves just making you crazy or or even frantic being a well-intentioned person who's trying to keep up with it all and uh right. um, remember remember you are human not ape there you go <laughs> It, it it it's fucking with you man like all this stuff is fucking with everybody and um I don't know, you know, the real the real woke to me is someone that can just say like all, all this all all these feeds coming at me are bullshit. People are probably on the other line or on the other other end of this podcast right now, just going, yeah, this is bullshit too. Cool, you can feel that way, but um, you better start looking at all the other shit just as critically as what you're saying about us right now, because if you think you're getting a hundred percent truth, you're smoking crack. Yeah. Yeah, you're not getting it. None of us are getting it. None of us are getting 100 percent truth of nothing. Smoking crack and liking it. George Carlin said, and I I swear to God, I I know you guys have said this one before, right? It's a it's a small club running shit and you ain't in it. (laughs) You're not in it. Yeah. So stop acting like you're part of it. You don't benefit from it. They're fucking using you to make billions of dollars. Man. You aren't even a human to them. So yeah, go listen up on George Carlin. I swear to God, that guy was a prophet. Bill Burr. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just some really reasonable, uh, takes on what's going on around us. You know, um, me personally, I know I don't, I, you know, Randy's down there in conservative town. I, it was refreshing to hear Randy say, like, he, yeah, he, you're not one way or the other with whoever's president, right? Or did I get that wrong? Randy. Close enough. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that flies. Go with it. So, so I mean, we're really up your flow. We're, <laughs> no, <laughs> dude, I might have, I might have jumped on yours, bro. But, um, yeah, you know, I owe you a beer or something, but, uh, yeah. Um, 
hey man, I mean, so we all want to be like, uh, yeah, I've been uh, really down the rabbit hole for 10 years on the internet and it turns out blah, 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 blah. And hey man, take it real far back. Read the history books. Odd man had said it, you know, I mean, there are, there, there's history books out there, man. Like go get the one that was printed back in, you know, like 1950 or something. Um, maybe it's mostly accurate. Now they're completely inaccurate. Right. But, um, yo, all our politicians are posers. They're, they're all hose heads, man. They're on a string. The mafia owns them. Mafia corporations. I mean, stop supporting these people, period. Stop supporting them. Why are you being on their team? You going to put a jersey on your back with Gavin Newsom on it? I mean, it blows my mind, man. It blows my mind. Seriously, He's not on dude. your team, dude. You're a blue-collar worker. You know what I'm saying? You're on... Right. Fuck you. Right. No? <laughs> yeah, man. We got to get away from this partisanism here, and, and the media's messing with people. They're trying to make it out to be... A red versus blue thing, but if you go to any of these protests, it's all kinds of people there. It's everybody. It's you and me and everybody that's like us and not like us all there saying, what the hell? This this isn't right. Did I lose someone? Dick Rubin. I, I don't know. Randy, did you fall off the bar stool? Dick Rubin, you, I, we lost did you. Did I fall for, off the bar yeah, stool? Yeah, you fell off the bar stool. <laughs> Damn. Ow. I'm still here. I'm still here drinking. It wasn't me. We picked you up, man. We got you. You're back. Uh, Ow, my balls. <laughs> All uh, right. Look, this has been fun and everything, but I got to go watch the number one movie in the nation right now. It's called Butt. It's just 90 minutes of a guy scratching his ass and farting. Right. <laughs> All right, man. Sounds good. Have fun in the idiocracy out there. Be safe. <laughs> <laughs> but later hey, dick yo, for real, it, <laughs> good having you it's been a uh, pleasure and honor thank you all for having me second time boiler room um no real pleasure and honor to to actually you know share some airtime with uh randy who's a regular and odd man out who's doing his homework and you know jay dyer holy shit and and the both of you for keeping this thing going um hesh and spore um guys you're all amazing people Hey man. So thanks. Thank you. you thanks are too. We love you guys. Thank yep. you, man. I hope I didn't piss too many of your fans or your followers off or whatever. But, ah, you know. you're good, man. They're <laughs> all who I am. Sorry. They're, they're they, all, they got jerseys and say Hesher on it. They're, yeah, they're all a bunch of social rejects too. It's good. Later, later Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's Dick Rubin, everybody. Uh, how about you, Spore? You got any final thoughts? Anything? Uh, I'm sure I've forgot all kind of things tonight, but it's just I'm just feeling forgetful. So maybe you can remind me of something. I don't remember. Okay, good. We're, I'm not alone then. All right. Well, uh, anything? Any final thoughts for the boiler room? Oh, final thoughts. Uh, we do have a fun boiler room scheduled for tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m. Central with Kimmy and. Funk Soul and Infidel Pharaohs. So anybody, I mean, you know, uh, it, share it with your friends and stuff because I know a lot of people for those earlier, earlier episodes. And um, and then I think that we got Sunday Wire on Sunday, of course. And then we have a special uh, with our friends from the UK, Stephen Fly, on Monday. I think that's at 3 p.m. as well. I'll double check it and make sure I put the notification up in the uh, Discord and 
really good email to our patrons. And other than that, uh, love you all. Thank you for listening and, and sharing our content and chatting with us and being people, fun people to be around. All right, Spore. Thank you so much for keeping all that stuff moving over there. Um, <clears throat> Dick Rubin, someone in the chat, Derp Scan says, Hey, Hesher, you got any links to Dick's music? Um, if you have any you want to send me, I'll throw them on the show page tonight. Derp, I'll try to drop some uh, redacted tracks into the chat room over here, or maybe Dick is in there and he'll do it. Uh, I'll trust I'll trust you to point him in the right direction, but we're actually in the... It, this is going to sound insane, but, um, you know, me and the crew, we're trying to just completely annihilate our web existence. So I, it, it's really challenging. It's not happening. I mean, no matter what we do, how many emails we send out, we can't erase our existence off the Internet. We just don't <laughs> want to be on it anymore, man. Seriously. Speaking of Luddites. All right. OK, well, there you go. This may be the last time you ever hear that name derp scan out there. That's how fucking underground my metal friends are. All right. We're burning fucking metal albums over here because these motherfuckers are trying to tell us we got to wear masks and accept Dude, global fascism. A, a metal band with the their band logo on a face mask? I mean, come on, bro. Seriously, man. Uh, it's bad. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. Okay, all right, we're going to get out of here before this turns into a Hessian session. Me and Dick Rubin will be turning on some fucking metal if we have to keep doing this. We're out of here, everybody. Tomorrow. Yeah, we'll do tomorrow that tomorrow. Night. So everybody show up tomorrow. We'll have a, um, uh, we'll do music Saturday tomorrow, mixtape Saturday on Alternate Current Radio. It's going to start with Funk Soul's mixtape. Funk Soul has a new mixtape. You're going to want to check it out. I hear it's eclectic. I hear it's got some songs for us neck wreckers as well as some other stuff, so... 5 p.m. Central, Mixtape Saturday, Alternate Current Radio, Brand New Funk Soul, uh, and then we'll do some Anarchy with Spore, some Fusion with Randy J, and some Hessian Session. Hopefully Dick Rubin will join me for some Hessian Session. And that's What's What tomorrow, and then Sunday Wire on Sunday, 11 a.m. Central Time. I'll be here producing that <clears throat> for Patrick Henningsen of 21stCenturyWire.com, and that's it, folks. We are out of here. Hope everybody has... Great rest of the evening, day, night, whatever, whenever, wherever you are. Go ahead and run as soon as my clip gets to that. That's it. Go ahead and run. Run home and cry to mama. <laughs>